time's the charm. Um, we're going to get this thing. We're going to just dive like, right just, into this just thing. Go. Yeah, here we go. Soxcast episode 81 to my immediate. <laughs> no, not even this. Just go. No, to my immediate. Oh, what I'm John. To my immediate virtual right. This is going to be his best episode. <laughs> Why do you sound like you're crying? I'm I am crying. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing on the outside, crying on the inside? Yeah. Something like that. That's Red's secret. It's always crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much. It's not even a secret. It's about as much of a secret as John Thire cried at any fucking piece of media. See, that's I still feel that's my thing. I cried yeah, to like every single thing. episode of Arya. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> And then the last episode was like a triple. The thing is that I tweet every time I cry at a piece of media. Red probably doesn't, so <laughs> that's that's probably so, fair. Uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so you're 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 raring and ready to go for a podcast, I'm sure. <clears throat> I've been just excited really excited for this one. No, <laughs> I've been looking forward to this episode for a long time. After which things will never be the same. <laughs> it all changes from here, folks. Holly knows. No one else knows. Yeah, Rhett's done pretty good at keeping this under his hat. I've been the one he's whose who's inbox he's been assaulting for the last month about this. Oh, boy. I don't know what it is. I, no, you don't. That's the thing. No one knows. Okay. To my immediate okay. virtual left. He makes fun of children who play Fortnite because he was made fun of for playing Resident <laughs> Evil as a child. <laughs> it's John Thire. Hi. Hi. I make fun of kids who play Fortnite because PUBG is better, goddammit. <laughs> I think that was John squeaking. Oh, Rhett was squeaking. My huh? turn to, to bully. <laughs> John I get to be the big tough guy. <laughs> oh my god, that's like probably the best take I've seen on Twitter in a long time. Uh, that was real good. That was some good butt that guy, that guy used to make funny Flash cartoons on Newgrounds too, so that was like extra disappointing to me. Aww. So I was like, oh, I know. Yeah, I'm like, oh. I know who that is, kind of. Dang. It's not just some rando. Uh huh. I knew it wasn't some rando because they have a lot of followers, so yeah. it was just kind of like, oh, it's probably somebody of import that I don't care about. From mm. Newgrounds, that's what's. <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, you read, you have an affinity for Newgrounds. So I get it. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, so somebody's got to kick this thing off. Who's who's pulling off the band aid? Holly, what you been up to? What have I been up to? How about I start this thing out with, uh, I don't know, a couple of smaller things to kind of get the ball rolling. I think maybe there's a little crossover here with something I started, and you're probably a lot deeper in than I am at the moment. But we'll, 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 we'll start there and peck away at it and see what we got. What do you say? Okay. All right. So I played a really cool video game. Uh-huh. Um, it's called Fishing Minigame 2. Aw. I just <laughs> looked at that on my list. And like, it's oh. it's just it's exactly as it says. It is a, a it's not a fishing minigame actually. It's a, it's an RPG maker game <laughs> that 
uh, is about a heroine who uh, stops by a shrine of fishing and, you know, she's just going to do some fishing for a while. And then a whole bunch of shit happens huh. that, that, that kind of keeps the story being interesting and, and, and really cool. Take some, um, take some, um, Hints from uh, near Automata. Um, I think it what? even. I think it, I think it even uses like the same text advance sound, <laughs> like the text <laughs> the, the text crawl sound. I think is literally from near Automata. Um, okay. It does pull. It does make. It does pull a lot structurally from near Automata. That is fair to say, which is weird to think say about a RPG maker game with one room. Yeah, it's one room called uh, Fishing Mini Game Two. Why two? Yeah. Just to co- because, because there was a there was a there was a VN. Uh, it was five minutes or so long. Uh, it was it was sort of like a prequel. Uh, it was made with uh, I think it was made with VN Maker and yeah I, I think I go over it in the uh, the Peep Show video I did show. for it. Um, cool. But yeah, there's just like one room, a couple of NPCs, and a whole bunch of story to unfold, and it's got some cool structure fuckery with how you have to advance the story using passwords at various points and the way you get those passwords and things like that it's, re- it's really cool uh highly suggest checking it out it's called fishing minigame 2 definitely get that on your list um i liked uh, it too yeah you beta it tested really, it you beta it was really funny because so. i was beta testing it for the dev like i didn't announce it anywhere but mm. you saw me go live and hopped on and then i asked the dev is it okay if a friend comes in and then you were like he was like yeah they were like yeah and then you watched it for ten minutes and said, "Yeah, I want to play this when it comes out." Yeah, I, I, I left the stream very quickly after I kind of saw what was starting to go on. It was like, "I know this is probably really cool," and it turns out, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a cool thing, so definitely cool. check that out. Um, you guys, uh, uh, you into uh, Japanimation at all? You know? Oh boy! Oh yeah, the, the I, I've dabbled anime? a bit, honestly. Yeah, they've got what, like like there are wait. these cartoons are from Japan. They're not Japanese made in America. Cartoons, right. Yeah, okay. they're not made in America like the cartoons that are made in America. Oh, like Avatar the Last Airbender. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Exactly okay. like that. Now I'm with you. Uh I watched uh, I watched a couple of those. I'll start with the one we've kind of already covered on this podcast before. And the one that kind of doesn't need a whole lot of explanation to kind of get what it is. Uh I watched uh the first season of Konosuba along with the first half of the second season so far and that's oh, a, cool. a real Hell funny show. How do you like <laughs> the second season it? so far? It's pretty good. Yeah, uh, they definitely I actually, ramped it up. There's more story in season 2, especially I think towards the back half like it's more of a consistent ongoing plot this time. Well, I think they had to do that because you can only be yeah. a gag show for so long and then it's just like, well, like, like the primary conceit of the show is this <laughs> guy dies a very pathetic death. <laughs> um, like he literally like he, he it, it, I think it's like he, he goes out of his way to try to stop some girl from getting hit by a truck. Yeah. And then he pushes her out of the way and then he dies. But then you find out like, well, it was a tractor that she was riding her bike in front of, so it was no way near them. And he died of embarrassment because he pissed and shit himself. <laughs> it's a weird intro, <laughs> but but it's a great ta- it's a great piss take, literally. Yeah. On on the whole isekai uh, genre of like, I found myself in this whole magical world. It's probably a video game, like the Sword Art Online yeah. shit. 
But I so, think ReZero starts with like the exact same thing, except not a parody where the main character dies and wakes up in RPG world. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So like they are definitely, it's definitely a very specific like genre. It's a whole genre now, basically. Yeah, it's whole. it's well, I know that it's very popular now because Sword Art Online got very popular. So yeah. that's that's the only reason I know of what that genre is or that it has its own name. It's just other world, basically. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like that's the kind of the basic setup, and basically he ends up in this world kind of as just the most average of average adventurers. Uh, his only real talent is he's, a, I guess he's supposed to be lucky, um, and he gets to bring Ultimate he gets to bring something from the world into the world with him. So he just chooses to bring the smart ass goddess with him instead of an <laughs> item and. Basically, he and this goddess are stuck in this world, and they end up forming the worst party ever. They're the most, uh, they're the most incompetent group of people that can get things done <laughs> imaginable. And that's sort of like where all the comedy comes from. But it's just a lot of real great playing on tropes and just really, <laughs> really great characters. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, there's not a bad character in the show. Um, Excellent. Uh, skip episode nine of season one if you don't like really weird rapey things, though. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's a that's a not real good episode. Noted. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not real good. Uh, but yeah, uh, season two has been pretty good so far. I've still got five episodes left of that, so it's it's definitely kind of building more of a structure. Yeah. But knowing that like this is probably going to be an unresolved story because I don't think they're making any more of this. I've mm. heard and. Specu- I've heard people say season three is coming or like a movie's coming, but like I can never find concrete like yes info that it's happening. Uh, uh, yeah, because but, I, like this is a long running series uh, that yeah, is just kind of being more adapted. Manga ahead, or I'm not sure if it's a light novel or manga, but yeah, yeah, the anime doesn't cover everything, unfortunately. Yeah, it's 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 real good though. It's good laugh. Like, what like, I think is great hmm? is that a lot of a lot of comedy shows I feel always are real strong up front where they're introducing the characters mm-hmm. and then it they have nothing off. else between besides like hey here's this one character's joke yeah and mm-hmm. they've nothing else besides that but like the way the show plays with the characters bouncing off each other is consistently super funny yeah like all these characters are almost universally terrible people yeah they're all kind of scumbags <laughs> they're all kind of scumbags but they bounce off of each other really well so that like when those 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 tried and true jokes they go back to the well for them multiple times they always try to find a new way to kind of spin it Mm -hmm. just like yeah just everybody's a fucking asshole (laughs) (laughs) but they're not unlikable assholes they're not unlikable assholes one of the characters, Darkness, is like a masochist. So she's like, she's kind of a paladin tank type, but she loves being hit. She like really, really likes it. Yeah, yeah. So there's stuff with, there's some stuff with her that's quite interesting towards the end of season two, where they just go completely ridiculous with how much abuse she will take and enjoy. Yeah. I mean, they've already done that a lot. It, like, she's kind of been, like, the focus of the first half of the second mm-hmm. season already. So they've kind of already done a, a, a lot of that. It's, it's <laughs> Yeah. And then you, you've got your mage character who can only cast one spell once per day. <laughs> but it's not even... The thing about that is that it's not because... It's 
it's entirely her own fault. Yeah. Because she refuses to put points into any other skill. Yeah. She just she only wants to use like Medio from Final Fantasy Two. Yeah. Like so she'll have the one skill that's super strong and nothing else, and she is just stubborn. Yeah. Because like they literally level up like it's a JRPG where like he gets a menu, it's like, oh I'll take I'll take a uh, steel. So I have steel now. <laughs> Which he uses to 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 very to good. great effect. Yeah, great effect. <laughs> Um, watch this. Pardon? Oh, when I recommend it, John doesn't want to watch it. But when Polly says it's good, I don't remember you recommending it. Listen, like, like you have to remember ago. when when John met me, I was literally anime god. Okay, okay? yeah, that's <laughs> literally, true, literally the first comment on my my anime list profile is John proclaiming me to be god <laughs> in 2010. I get the sense that maybe he's a little embarrassed by that now. <laughs> Just a bit. Uh, Polly SMPS on my anime list if you want to oh, look it great. up. Thank you. <laughs> um, you might have to. I don't know if you. Um, they they you have to like manually turn your profile back on because they did the privacy update thing. I don't know if you've done that yet. Oh, I don't know. Last I checked, I couldn't get on your account. I mean, they so, broke that entire site like three months ago and are still fixing it. Yeah. So. Yep. So if you're, if you're still down, then nobody will be able to see the comments anymore. Oh, well, don't worry. Oh, by the time shame. this air, by the time this airs, I'll be sure to tweet out my profile again, just so <laughs> people are reminded that they can go to my profile and see John proclaiming me to be anime god, and just how Sounds- much John loved me back then. Yeah. Versus now, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> where there's just this clear animosity between the two of us. Really? Yeah. You know, just how it is. an unbelievable amount of sexual tension. I wouldn't well, go that no. far. Right, no, right. Let's no. be honest. That's, that's you and Polly. <laughs> yes, oh, okay. that's way more was, our thing. I was projecting. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I'm the baby of the podcast. Yes. John is literally 12 years old. I'm 12 years, years old. old. That'd be gross. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Konosuba. That's good shit. Like, go watch it. It's cool. funny. It's What's the full funny. title? What is it? What's the full title? What does oh, Konosuba stand for? Don't even make me go there right now. No, it's, it's like Konosubrashi wo Seikfuku wo or something. Yeah, ridiculous. it's really long. It's like it's like um, um, that one show we watched, Watamote, where the uh, title is literally yeah. two, two complete sentences. Yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of a light novel trope, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, see, in this case, it's like again, my little it's probably... sister. Da, 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 da. Oh, right, it's called the full title means God's blessing on this wonderful world, which really doesn't match the damn series at all. <laughs> I don't know. I think Aqua is is a fine uh, goddess. She's totally she's okay. Useless, yeah, useless, stupid idiot. She's got some awesome like party tricks that she can do, though. You know, just <laughs> some water. You know, she wrecked a town once. They wrecked the town like every. A episode. lot. <laughs> that's how they're in debt. Yeah, that's a good show. Go watch that. I also um, this was kind of prompted by Rhett bringing it up, and it's kind of been on my mm. to watch list for a while. Just because, like, I always kind of thought that the character designs looked great, and the this premise is exactly seemed... why I got into it. it. Was like, ah, oh, this show has a lot of cool looking characters, huh? Yeah, and, and the premise seemed really cool. Um, My Hero Academia. Uh, I watched the first season of that. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's it's 
You gotta go in knowing what you're getting into, though. Like this isn't yeah. like this isn't this isn't Shonen done right, like uh, Soul Eater. This is Shonen done Shonen, basically. Yeah. Okay. It is it, a, it is a Shonen ass Shonen show through and through. Um, but it's, it's Shonen with a budget, really. Yeah, it's got a re- oh yeah, man. Like the 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 fights and stuff in this show look real fucking good. Yeah. And the other thing is that unlike, you know, like the Naruto or Bleach or whatever, which ended, but those shows, they would always keep going one episode every week, no matter what, for like five years or whatever. And this uh-huh. this show takes breaks to let the manga catch up. And so, like, they'll do 13 episodes and then take a break, let things get caught up. So they're always able to, you know, put some actual effort into the animation and yeah. not have to do like a bunch of filler episodes or that drag the pacing out to agonizing levels. And I yeah. think that that's one of the main reasons I think it's clicking for me uh, so far is yeah. that like even though the first season kind of has to expedite the process I feel like uh because it's only 13 episodes whereas mm. like the, the subsequent seasons are 25 a piece. So um but yeah it's it's uh, basically superhero high school basically. Yeah, it's uh, very Soul Eater-ish. Yeah, uh, it, it's very similar uh, premise. You've got, like, a lot of... You, you get a lot of room to play with in terms of what is interpreted as a superhero superpower uh, with a lot of these characters, too. Just, you know, I, I want them to bring out, like, I don't know, Nasal Spray Boy or something at some point. <laughs> Allergy Man! Mm-hmm. Like, but because know. they have that exam at the start, so they have to be good superpowers. Yeah, they've actually got to be good. That kind, of, yeah. But um, it's just kind of like, hey, here's like a pretty comfy shonen show that's got a lot of the shonen stuff in it, like a lot of fucking yelling. It's oh man, you haven't even nope, seen know, the start of it. <laughs> no, like are you, are you watching in Japanese or English? I'm watching in Japanese. Okay, boy. Does it go scream heavy? It's a few parts coming up. I I, I will but say like, though, I get I get so stupid into that stuff though when it's just like I won't even try to imitate it. Everybody man, charging it, it their power hard. moves and shit. Yeah, just like yelling their move names very loudly and mm-hmm. uh, and it's stretching yeah. each syllable out. Each syllable is literally one episode Excruci- length. <laughs> not that bad, it's but not yeah. That bad, but... I've noticed a thing though. I feel like. I mean, there's probably the most noticeable downside of the show is the gender stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, like uh, because I, it's a heavily shonen show, yeah. you're like, not going to get a lot of good character development from female characters. And I already know that just 13 episodes in. I'm just like, okay, I know what yeah. your role is now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But especially, like, it, it starts to become real obvious pr- coming up where it's like, oh, just the male characters are just stronger in general. Yeah. Because I feel like the male characters always win by shouting the loudest. <laughs> yeah. But the but the female characters just have to be way more creative with their powers because they're not like they win with feminine wiles. <laughs> like like Frog Girl isn't gonna go Super Saiyan and no. like beat somebody's ass. She's got to be creative. Or the girl that like can make any object from her belly for some reason. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. That that's Chelsea's superpower. Yeah. Like, she has a real good moment where she gets super creative with the powers, but it's never, like... Like, the boys are actually the ones who are, like, using their emotions to win by just, I'm going to scream real loud, and that's going to make my punch stronger. Because 
like Deku and uh, Bakugo especially are. Oh boy, Bakugo screams through power. Boy, oh boy, I, yeah. If there was something that turned and, me off yeah. of this show for to the point you almost wanted to drop, I it. almost dropped this show completely after like eight or nine episodes because Bakugo is a character who only knows how to communicate by just being the angstiest, loudest motherfucker. And that's not even exaggeration. I don't think this character has I've a single... Never seen. <laughs> I don't think this character has a single line of spoken dialogue. <laughs> this character is always that's... scowling and screaming and yelling. And it is just... Holy shit. It's a it's, lot. It set off my overstimulation just so bad that I was like, I'm out. I, I can't do this. But, um... He, he's such a controversial character. I've seen, like, forum posts where it's just, like, endless arguments over is he, like, the worst character ever or is he tolerable? And, like, is he a parody or not? Or is it... Maybe, apparently he's super popular in Japan, so I guess he's not even, oh, like, a piss take. Because I've seen people comparing him to, like... Sasuke from Naruto mm -hmm. of just like this angsty motherfucker who just can't fucking get over off. his his non-issues. Yeah, and that's the thing. If this character like, had a reason to be angry, I might bite it, but I don't I have yet to see any reason uh, this boy is angry other than just he's angry. He's got he a penis, to, no, so Polly. he wants to be angry. <laughs> One thing the show does is place a way too much emphasis on being number one. Oh, God, yeah. Where, like, All Might is number one and Endeavor is number two, and he is eternally pissed off that he's number two and not number one. Mm. And then Bakugo wants to be number one, and that's, like, 100% of his character motivation. And hates Deku for some reason, even though he didn't even have any powers for, like, 14 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He literally so got his powers by, you know, just like his Deku's powers were literally just given to him. Which is also kind of weird. I almost thought the show was going to go in a direction where it shows that he can be a hero without a power. And that's then, no, what I was no, thinking. <laughs> but maybe that would have isn't. been maybe that would have been too milk toast. I though. don't think they could have pulled that off. No, not with super. the not with everybody yeah. else being just kind of ridiculous at this point. He's got to have some kind of edge. Yeah. Yeah. All Might. All Might is great, though. He's real funny. He's a great character. Yeah, he's, he's the one with all the gifts. Yeah, he's a he's a he, he's a sort of uh, failing superhero. Like he's been kind of like the big bad superhero for the longest time, but like he's, yeah, he sustained an injury to the point to where he can only use his superpowers for like two hours. So. Yeah, like, when he can't use his superpowers, he kind of just deflates into this weasley little man that just got a great look to him. <laughs> just this gangly-looking motherfucker. Looks kind of <laughs> like After Five. <laughs> <laughs> but blonde. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's, a, he's a good character. I like him a lot. Um, there's a lot of characters in this show that I like, and that's kind of going to have to just be the reason that I watch this. <laughs> Because I realize that it's kind of just normal shonen stuff, and there's just going to be a lot of that whole yelling stuff going on, and power yeah. through yelling, all of that. I kind of feel that you know, but but it's sort of comfy at the same time. And I also I got, so 
can I talk about the show as yeah, well? Because I, I watched it. as well. Uh, I've watched up to about halfway through season three. So like the first 50 episodes. Uh-huh. So I'm a lot further than Polly. Uh, this show gets to a point where it's like it will never give you a reason to stop watching. It's like the, one of the most marathon friendly shows I've seen in a while. Yeah, I marathoned that like, first season in two days. But the, <laughs> like in the 40s, especially, I think it's just nonstop like this battle is going to continue and like not a whole lot happens per episode, but you just, they will th- always throw a twist in at the end of the, each episode. That's like, well, fuck, I have to see what happens next is it's compelling stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, but I also think Polly's like, Oh man, the pacing in season one was kind of wonky. Uh Oh, I oh. think the next arc will make or break you for this show. Mm hmm. Because boy, when you realize what they're gonna do, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, don't spoil it. We'll just we'll just you're have just, to see. You're just gonna be like, oh, we're really doing this, huh? Oh no. <laughs> because, like, I think the first season actually moves at a pretty good clip. Like each episode kind of has its one main thing that it's trying to get done, like with the test or the trials or stuff, or like their first day of class. Mm-hmm. And and then it kind of has like this four episode or so battle at the end. And then it immediately goes into something else at the start of something season two. I gotcha. Okay. We'll probably find out next time yeah. we do a socks cast then. Like a like a good cliffhanger cool. there for the next sock <laughs> The spoilers yeah. that they're check out more. next time. <laughs> <laughs> also, they're showing the movie in America at the end of the month. That's weird. Oh, that's nice. Funimation's doing like five screenings mm. like nationwide, right. so I bought a ticket. Oh, that's oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to be just like listening to people scream at you for literally two hours <laughs> at the loudest Can't volume wait. possible. Can't wait. Can Obviously, I, I bought a ticket to the subbed version and not the dubbed version. Yeah. <laughs> but they're even specifically like, oh, yeah, the movie takes place like after episode 58. So you want to get caught up before seeing it. I'm like, okay. Mm. Well, I mean, hey, good on fun. I have anything bad about the dub, though, right? Like. I'm I've, cool yeah, du- people seem to like the dub. Yeah, people seem to like it. But I, it this is kind of just a show that I would prefer to watch in Japanese. I don't know why. It's just like I was. Boy, watching. I shonen is shonen screaming stuff kind of resonates. Feels yeah, better. I think that stuff works way better in Japanese. Yep, that's what I. That's what I kind of feel. Especially some of the season three stuff goes so fucking like into vocal cord erupting territory. Yeah. The other thing I like about this show is. Deku's powers at the start are so ridiculous <laughs> because he can't control it. Yeah, so he's literally <laughs> breaking his body every time he yeah. uses it. It's, like, it's Ow. so over the top. Literally it's punches like, something to the moon but breaks his entire arm. <laughs> like, the first thing he ever does, he jumps really high in the air and breaks both his legs, <laughs> yeah. and then he punches a robot and breaks his arm. It's, it's like I One really Punch like Man, that. but goof like one punch man is a parody where he always wins in one hit this is one punch man because he literally can only throw one punch before (laughs) breaking his arm so then he has to start resorting to like flicking things really hard to just break a finger at a time he's so powerful he he inherited this power that's so insanely strong that he can just flick his finger and create like an incredibly strong gust of wind but then he'll break his finger in the meantime (laughs) But they use his, that power to an incredible extent in the next arc. 
Cool. Cool. Yeah, that's that's kind of like the quick things I kind of wanted to get through, which took thirty fucking minutes to do. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry about well, that. I, I'd also want to talk about my hero academia, and I'd also seen Konosuba. So, cool. Yeah. So, like was um, do you want to want me to do my anime? Uh, go sure. for it. Sure. Um, I watched um, what's it called, Brad? Made in Abyss. That's the one. Uh, Made in Abyss, as in created in Abyss. Um, so this is kind of like... <laughs> hmm. It's a cute it's, 80s adventure show, right? It's Fun sort of like... Family. It's sort of like Etrian Odyssey by way of Shinsekayori, <laughs> is how I pitched it, I think. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, but John, look at the art. It's so cute and cuddly, and they're going on an adventure into this big hole. Yeah. It's, it's literally... Literally, like, there's a re- great um, first episode where it just sets up this cool fantasy world, um, these nice characters, and then it basically kind of gets into the main thrust of it is sort of a dungeon crawler type thing mm-hmm. where they literally have this big old hole and it's like 10 levels and then like they're progressing down levels throughout the story. Yeah, like that's it's, that's where that get the Etrian Odyssey comes in to me. It's literally this massive hole, like in an island in the middle of the ocean, that looks like the thing from East, but like way bigger. Mm-hmm. It's it's a big hole. It's called Big Hole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's there's monsters and stuff down there, mm-hmm. and and pressure changes that will fuck your body up if you try to come up back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's <laughs> basically it's it's like a really haunting, cool fantasy world with really intense stakes I think okay um and I like it a lot I remember it just gets there's one part where that gets particularly <laughs> gnarly where I immediately added red like is this happening is this happening <laughs> there's an episode that okay do you remember in Higurashi the Satoko <laughs> episode towards the end oh yeah oh and yeah think- and you think, man, that's the most violent thing I've ever seen in an anime. <laughs> this goes significantly further. Oh, oh! <laughs> With Without even... being like, essentially not being a horror series either. It's just like, it's again, ki- really kind of is. <laughs> yeah, kind of is. It's, it's it's like one of the grossest scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> and this artwork and the character designs are super cute, which makes mm. it even more fucked up. Mm-hmm. Is this the cute show with the furry girl in a hat? Oh yeah, oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. That's her. Um, it is unfinished in the sense that, like, there's a. It is. Oh, they do not yeah. get to the bottom of the hole. It is a continuing manga, and they are making another season. Mm. So hopefully, they yeah. get to the bottom of the hole. In that we got. One. We got to level three by the end of the first season. Basically, yeah. basically that kind of. Thing. Okay. <laughs> I, was... I remember when I was on episode like eight and i'm like man don't oh. get into the bottom are they oh, <laughs> they're, yeah there's they're that not... sinking feeling of oh yeah okay <laughs> sinking feeling hole <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a bit like that i don't really have too much to say beyond that because it's just sort of a thing where you take this journey and it makes sense and <clears throat> i i found it really affecting and cool and i'm really excited yeah. to see where the story goes um there's a little bit um, with the gaze of the show, that's just a little oh. bit off-putting. Do you so, think that's fair? Oh, definitely. I feel like yeah. this is also the Soxcast episode of asterisk, asterisk, asterisk now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the characters are kids. Oh. So, so 
And uh, so, can I say a thing I've heard of this series accused of? And it's the what? same thing I've heard oh. Elfin Lead, the manga, accused of. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's kind of just a vehicle for the author's fetish. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I can see that I with Elfin Lead. That with the torch, with the pain hobble, I get it. And, like, uh, the main character being naked way more than she needs to be, which is zero times. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, they also, do a gag in the first episode where she's like, oh, you're going to be tied up but, naked. And yeah, they show like, it real quick, and it's just like, what? Wait, what the fuck was that? Basically, like, they have these guardians, and they just offhandedly mention, like, oh, yeah, they use, like, sexual abuse as a p- kind of punishment. And then it's just like, and then they don't mention it again, really, after the second episode. It's just like, what? It's just a, like a one-off joke. Ha ha, funny. What? Yeah. And then there's a um and then there's um there's definitely a trans character and I don't know how to hand I don't know how to judge how it really handles that, I think. So I mentioned that a while ago on Twitter like, mm-hmm. "Oh, author says character is explicitly non-binary, but everybody says female uses female pronouns anyways because anime fans are dumb. That happens a lot, especially with a character that a lot of people in our group really like. Oof. It's a pink-haired mm-hmm. character. I wonder who mm-hmm. it is. I forget. The one from Soul Eater? No. No. Wait, no. Oh, yeah. Fate. No. fate. But not the fate you're watching. Oh, okay. Yeah, it took me a minute there. <clears throat> I haven't watched Apocrypha yet. Yeah. Um, is it like getting to the top of the tower in Saga 1 or 2? Yeah, it's like, it's that, but, you know, much smarter and more evocative. So is, there, so is there, like, with concerning the the, non- the, the non-binary character, like, ah. what, like Rhett seemed to have, was, was there more commentary on it beyond that, or just? Not really, it just kind of has it, and it didn't seem to get gross with it to me, um, but, so I, I think, think that, but, they're, but they're it, just kind of there. Yeah, okay. which is probably fine. Well, that's fine. I mean, like, yeah. you know, non-binary slash gay slash trans characters, if they can just exist in a thing and that just be okay, that's okay, too. Yeah. But... Mm-hmm. I think the only reason I I'm, was at all, like, uneasy was just because of the other, like, weird gays things in the show. Oh, right. Yeah. G-A-Z-E. <laughs> just yeah. Um, and then, like, near the end, there's just one character who suffers so horribly, um, <laughs> who's just a little girl but she has this really skimpy outfit, just non-commentated Wait. on. Wait. The, that one. The, the Her friend. I kind of don't remember. Whatever. Okay. Sorry. But, and it's just like, so again, it's just that, like, what's the, what is the purpose of this? Like, it it was a little yeah. bit uneasy for me for most of the show. If you told and, me the author drew Lolicon, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it checks out. <laughs> So that's like a big that's that's the big asterisk for Made in Abyss. I guess there's this thing in Japan where like authors can draw porn and not have it affect their careers whatsoever. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. Like I saw a torture artist that I knew about just like with manga in my in the Chicago library. Oh wow! <laughs> I was like, wow. All right. Just like not 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 the torture art, but like his other big manga. I was like, huh. All right. Let's go. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. Colin brings up uh, Masamune Shiro of Ghost in the really? Shell fame. He's got some weird. He stuff. He just has porn in Ghost in the Shell, though. Yeah, well, there's just porn in Ghost <laughs> in the Shell, but he's 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 done a lot of side books that are just uh, mm. maybe a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's ever done anything really super gross, though. 
But yeah, like there is something about I'll just say cowgirls, and it's not what you think. It's what it's exactly what you're thinking. Oh, okay. Cowgirls. Cow. Okay. Cowgirls. Okay. Cow. So like, girls. Milk? Milk? So like, girls like made into food. What? Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> that would be up your alley, though. Yeah, probably. Um, so that's that's the main and the best thing. It's like it's that it's literally just like it reminded me of Shinsekai Yori while having this cool dungeon crawler conceit while also having this weird edge to it that I didn't care for. Mm. But I I still really enjoyed it and definitely want to watch more because cool. there's some good suffering in it. Oh man, <laughs> just a plus 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 s tier suffering. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Oh, it's so good. And it's not just that scene. It's throughout the show. There's some good suffering. That's <laughs> the way oh. he's throwing himself mm. behind this moment. Oh, my God. It's the. It's so good, though. Oh. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, when they go for it, they just go for it. They, they go harder than I've ever seen something go for it. Oh, man. But, uh. Like, being something I can <laughs> This isn't the first time John's popped a Woody on the Sox cast, Chelsea. Don't worry. I remember, like... You should have heard John the first time he talked about Boyfriend to Death on this podcast. Holy crap. (laughs) You can hear the boner in his voice. It's funny because I almost dropped this show between, like... There's the Ozen episodes, like through whatever that are really good and then it has kind of a lull mm-hmm. before it gets crazy so i like dropped it before the episode where it gets crazy like not specifically dropped it but i just kind of fell off watching it mm-hmm. and then i happened to see some people say man episode blah, 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 what's the f- most fucked up thing i've ever seen and i was just like oh, okay i guess i'm picking this back up huh <laughs> and then it, it delivers. was <laughs> and then it was the most fucked up thing i've ever seen in anime <laughs> uh like John said, like it's a show that people always talk about in hushed tones because yeah. they don't want to spoil the most fucked up thing they've ever seen. Literally, just like, literally, I went into it like, okay, this is just gonna get really fucked up. Like, I, it's, it's like you don't need to be so fucking. People don't need to be so like precious about it. Like we've seen yeah. fucked up shit. Yeah, like it's the <laughs> internet ever- in 2018. We've seen fucked up shit, and then, and then it's really fucked up. But yeah, just someone like, oh, good, don't that that show. And I was just like, okay, I I, I get it. Right. Yeah. So that was funny. But I picked this show up because I was glancing at like the top anime of all time list on my anime list. I was just like, oh, this has like a 4.8 or 8.4, like a really high score. Mm-hmm. And I looked at like the artwork and I was like, oh, this looks like a cute family friendly adventure show. It's glad that people have taken to something <laughs> like that. No. Because <laughs> oh, like yeah. the vibe I got from it was like '80s anime, like Nausicaa or something, like kind of that same spirit of adventure like Mega Man Legends is going for. Yeah. Uh huh. Like that's what it kind of pretends to be. Before. Yeah. Just looking yeah, at I the art, I get that now. Yeah. Before they're like. If you go in this dungeon, you're going to die. And they're like, yeah, whatever. We're having a fun time. If you go down there, you're going to die. Like, okay, cool. See ya. I play East okay. Games. It's okay. Okay. Like, bu- oh, goodbye. God, then, oh, God. They're going to die. Because they're going <laughs> oh, to die. All these cute characters are going to be maimed, aren't they? 
You're going to die, and it's not going to be quick. It's going to be long and slow and painful. Bye. <laughs> Do it. What? Just the just the one moment. It's very good. With Bunny oh. Girl, the do it. Oh, uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of one good moments in like the last third of that show. Yup. So I'm very excited to see. And they just introduced like right near the end, they introduced just the most scummy evil villain imaginable. And so, but he hasn't like actually taken center stage yet. So it's mm. very exciting. I just wonder how they even top some of the shit they've already done. I don't know. Because they they won two punchy at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good show. I was not I as like horny it. for it as John was, obviously. <laughs> that's that's why I just especially needed it to needed was one of the gays to not be at all weird was because if it's if it's going for this kind of material, it really should be as restrained as possible in every every respect, I think. Yeah. It should be careful. <laughs> Because otherwise, like, otherwise you turn gays, it sounds like G-A-Y. Yeah, <laughs> I, I keep thinking, I keep hearing gays. <laughs> I know, I know. The look, the, the no, but that doesn't work. The perspective, the horny the, perspective. The, the leering. Horny. The horny needs to not be there. It needs to be restrained if it's going to do this. Gotta <laughs> not be Boner says it's pronounced gaze. 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 <laughs> That's when that's when Marissa's like eyeing someone. Oh my god! <laughs> oh okay. fuck! Wow! Oh, holy shit! That's good. Wow! <laughs> the Yuri Gaze. The Yuri Gaze. Wow! That was real good. That that joke cut deep, man. <laughs> I noticed I laughed like two seconds before Polly. She took a second to get it. <laughs> so John, so do you want to jump? That's my into, main Do you want to jump? Well, you have more stuff than me, so if you want to jump ahead, yeah. that's fine. Well, okay. Well, like, uh, no, why don't we go to? I, I'm scared to go still. You're you're scared to go still. Well, it's too yeah. early to go back to me. John, do you have anything else? I mean, we can talk about shmups if you want. I'm up for that. Or are you, are you going ready? to talk about shmups? I'm going to talk about shmups. Oh, right. But... You, Toho. you did say Toho. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's actually a pretty good, like, that's a pretty, that's an okay transition. It's an okay transition <laughs> if we wouldn't have stumbled over it. Yeah. It would have actually that's... worked if this was an edit, if this was in an edited form, but I don't edit these things anymore. Unless <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, we say Right. Ah, <laughs> Fuck! Ah. Gotta put that one down. I've got the timestamp. Time Don't stamp. worry. <laughs> if you believe that, I will love you. <laughs> Otherwise, we won't. Just yeah, understandable. I wouldn't love me either. Not, not that I ever did anyway. <laughs> so, uh, what are we doing? Who's going next? Fuck! John. All right. Tell Go me. ahead. All right. So I played, um, so, you know, after my Nine Inch Nails adventure, my big, my, obviously my big takeaway was, you know, maybe sometimes when Polly say that everything after a certain entry in a piece of in an author's work is bad, they might be wrong. Because I've no, still I'm been not. listening to Hesitation Marks nonstop. Um, not so much the EPs, but definitely Hesitation Marks. Um, so I, start, I, I played Toho 13 a while ago, and it was really bad. 
Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. fair, right? Yeah. Not very it's good. like the slip of Toho games. It is the slip of Toho games, obviously. Um, and it was really bad. You were correct. You were all right. All right. Because um, it, it's very, very easy, except it gives you, like, three lives total to do anything. So you get to the end, and then when things get slightly hard, you lose your lives, and then that's it. So... Yeah. And then you just have to replay the whole boring ass game again. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's like Gradius if Gradius only got hard at the very, very end. Yeah. Oh my god! Just like torture. imagine just having to go through like five stages of nothing and then an actual hard stage. It's like Blazion and then Gradius three. <laughs> <laughs> and the music's not great, and the characters are well. They got one good character, and then okay, who's yeah. the one good character? The zombie girl. Right. Sega. Sega. Zom- yeah. Yeah. The stage four boss, Sega. Stage three boss, but then she joins in with a stage four boss. Yeah, right here. Who, who is the great character? Is the stage four boss? Okay, I'm sure she's fine too. Like stage four bosses, stage three and four are the highlights. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the only good. I remember stages. that's the only like, good content. Yeah, it. I remember playing the demo and being like, "Man, not feeling this one." Yeah, and then, and then getting to stage four in the final game and be like, "Okay, okay, we're we're picking up here," and then the rest of it being like, "No." No, no I still kind of don't like it. Like, stage four is okay, but... Mm. Oh, man, it's it's not good. So, yeah, Toho 13 is, like, probably, like, the bad Toho game. Because, like, 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, yeah. all solid. Mm-hmm. And then 13, not good. So I played 14. 10 Desires has uh, Reiko, doesn't it? Who's that one? Reiko is the drum lady. No, actually, that's 14 as well. Okay, yep. that's 14 as well. Okay. Well, makes sense Which then. makes it the good one. Makes it the good yeah. one. So I really liked Toho 14. I played it uh, on and off for about a week, and once he seed it, and I'm normal, and mm-hmm. felt pretty good about myself. I'm honestly not sure if I ever once he that one, because I got mad at the last two bosses cheating. <laughs> so, stage four, so, let's see. There's not really, like, a big gimmick to it for the start. It's just, like... A strong set of stages. Okay, I remember the. I really enjoyed like the stage two boss and stage three boss. It was that for that initial arc is strong. Um, it has the wolf girl, who's great, and the mermaid girl, and the mermaid girl. Who's the second boss? I forget. Uh, head- headless girl. Headless girl, the Dulahan boss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Toho fourteen is great, actually. Yeah, it draws um, a lot from Western myth this time, yeah. which was a nice little twist. And then the four, stage four boss is is like inside a vortex basically so the stage four level so it yeah. feels very dramatic and the song's really good um it kind of has this great build to it um because every every toho kind of breaks down into like yeah. that the, st- the demo and then stage four is when the game is what the game is and then the climax yeah in five and six so like, i guess a really good stage four i really like the arc um from one through three like like, almost up there with, like, 12, I think, is one of my favorite, like, one through three arcs. Like, 12 has probably the strongest is that UFO? three stages for me. Yeah, UFO probably is the strongest okay. first three stages for me. Um, But I loved, yeah, I loved all three of those characters, and the Dulahan boss is great. Like, they use the head head coming <laughs> off thing so to a really cute effect. Um, and her little, oh, for the wolf girl, it's great. <laughs> Um, and she's not even the 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 a wooing one, right? No, that's Who's that's Momiji. One? That's Momiji. Yeah, but um, so there's multiple good a wooers in Toho. Yeah. Um, and then stage four, yeah, stage four has the drum drummer girl, 
um, depending no. on which character you play. It changes. No, Drama Girl's the extra stage boss. She's the boss. extra stage boss. Um, the the stage four boss is the super forgettable, like, Prison River Sisters knockoffs. Yeah, basically. They're, like, music-themed, but... And then, but yeah, the, the Drama Girl is, like, her other sibling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. She's so kind of connected, but she's the extra yeah. stage boss. They are pretty lame, and they are just kind of prism prism. They're really just kind of there. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll give you the first three bosses, not but not them, which yeah. is weird really, for stage four. I like the stage four um, level a lot. Like, the art, the song is good, and the background is good, and that adds yeah. a lot. Um, and then the stage five, aesthetically, is great. It's the, you're in the upside-down castle, mm. which I think is, and you're, mo- so you're moving between these floors. So it starts out looking just like, you know, I Imperishable Nights thing, but then it starts moving between floors and has this cool kind of, and the way the enemies come in from underneath you a lot, um, it has a really cool feeling of kind of feeling tilted and inverted, you could say. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and which the game plays with uh, in that, Ooh. in the stage five boss. <laughs> Who's is Polly like getting mad yeah. and just thinking about I'm this? I'm getting Have mad just played? thinking about. Yeah, I've played this game. Okay. Yeah, I, it's all rushing back to me now. So the stage five bosses have a tradition, basically, in Toho of kind of fucking with your perception a little bit. Like um, Sakuya has the time travel stuff where she like speeds mm-hmm. up the bullets and slows them down and whatnot. Um, and then the obviously. Racing uh, fucks with the bullet patterns. Racing yeah. fucks with the bullet patterns in amazing ways. Yes. Like, I mean, yeah, they all do. Sakuya stops time. Yomu does, like, the big slow charge up to show yeah. how fast she is. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the stage five, boss. Like, they, they all do. They all mess with your perception. They, uh-huh. They're the ones that get kind of out there and weird, whereas the stage six bosses are more like lots of bullets. So really, you should go into the stage five boss kind of expecting something sort of out of expectations, right? And not be too, not be too. I think the first, the previous four games don't really do anything. Like Sane is just a bunch of bullets. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't remember Sane at all. <laughs> she's she she fires a lot of bullets. Really, that's that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. UFOs isn't UFOs has the curvy lasers, which was trippy. I think oh, right. There you go. See, see, curvy lasers. It's stage five bosses. So the stage five boss in um, in Toho fourteen, um, double dealing character, I believe is what it's called. Yes. Uh, yeah. Inverts your controls <laughs> and spins your screen around. Uh, yeah, that's so real that fucking the, fun. There's three of them. The first, there's three of them, and they invert them differently every time. Uh, the first time, it just swaps your left and right. The second one just swaps her up and down while also flipping the screen upside down. And the third one um, swaps back and forth between being totally inverted. Left is right and right is left and up is down and down is up. And then swapping between that and normal controls while spinning the screen around while doing a big burla pattern. (laughs) That fucking last one is such bullshit. It's impossible. It's fucking impossible. It's impossible spell card. I literally posted a video of me doing it after like four tries, and then I did it perfectly in the game like three times in a row. Like it's not that hard. Wow! And like, and can you believe it? To this day, nobody still likes you. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I found the I found the second one much harder, where it fucks with your up and down. Um, that one was just like, oh god, oh god, oh god. I think it really depends on I think it really depends on how you play bullet hell shooters really because 
Um, I'm primarily a left to right, whereas I stick to kind of like the same part, the same vertical part of the screen most of the time. So I just kind of like dodge past things or preemptively dodge. Um, and I think that if you're more of like somebody that is all over the screen or up and down a lot more, I think that the other one fucks with you more. I think with me, it's that they move the hitbox changes because her f- sprite gets flipped on. Yep. That's, that's what I really needed to figure out was that the sprite, the hitbox is in a different place and I need to address uh, that. So that's pretty tasty. I think um, for the last one, I remember trying to do stuff like when it flips, like throw my controller upside down. So that I'm moving it with my the D-pad with my right hand. I thought you were so just going to say, throw my controller out the fucking window. <laughs> well, that's what I ended up doing, but as like a way to try and... Man, fucking $15, it, like, $15 I paid for that game. Just a waste. Wait, that one's? Yeah, that was on Playism. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think... Oh. I, oh, I think they that was the that. first, that was the first one first that the they licensed, and then everything else has come out after that. I need to buy that, just <laughs> so I can finally give money to Zune. Well, there's um, the one on Steam, which is yes, also not very good. Yeah, I haven't played that one yet, so I don't, I don't trust it, y'all it, more. So I'll find out. It's kind of like Ten Desires, but better. But it's also like it has no hook, really. Ah, gotcha. Where, where like double dealing character has the has bullshit the hook bosses of, hook has, has bullshit bosses, yeah. And then Legacy the of the of has the most guy. obvious hook. Yup, I want to be the guy. With with the new yeah, one, with the new one, I just had visibility problems. I thought the bullet patterns, yeah. like the colors, mixed in too much with the backgrounds, and I just couldn't keep track of them. Yeah, the I, final I boss has a part that's like literally green on green bullets. Oh god, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous! And you know, all your point items all over the place being like summer themed are also green. Yep. Yeah. So that bit, so that bit's pretty rough. The stage six boss is um. Really straightforward for the most part, but has one bit where she makes her character super big. That's including real dumb. Your it's so dumb, and it's just like it's not even like a new sprite. They just yeah, scale the current sprite up, re- and it looks real fugly. It's so dumb. <laughs> I could not beat that one, even on um the sprite, even on the practice mode. I could not get through it because then your hitbox gets all blurry. <laughs> yeah, you can't actually tell what your hitbox is. It's completely clear. It's just really hard. Come on. Come on. It's cute. Is there even enough? It's cute. Uh... All right. So Toho 14 did actually really disappoint me in one key way, though. And it has to do with these these bullshit things in a way. Uh Okay. I needed needed a... You needed a lead in for that? Yeah. I thought Um, you were just going to go. That's why I didn't say it. So at the start of it... um, you find out that your char- your weapons have been cursed, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, each character has a different, like, cursed item. Like, hers, it's her purification rod, is now, like, acting on its own. And that plays into the play, where when you use the focus move, it, your rod itself gets flung out and, and attacks enemies. And the point, the whole plot of 14 that gets built up is that this character is, like, a, tw- is like a very tiny, weak character that acquire like a magical item that let her like imbue everyday objects like tools that we use with will and power so now everything is fighting back like teapots and whatnot are fighting back against being used by everybody um and they do all this setup they lean in so much with this cursed rod which was cursed by her thing into 
being like sentient and then she's trying to lead the tools in a revolt against their masters um and then there's never a point where she like grabs your rod or uses your rod against you or the rod changes allegiances back and forth or anything there's no narrative payoff to all that setup with mm, this mechanic so weird yeah they it would have been so easy too just like you lose your rod for this part of the final boss battle. You can have a little dialogue thing and then you get it back when she says, like Rainbow says something and it would have been easy and cool and would have made all of the inversion stuff with the spell cards, like yeah. feel actually, if it, if it had a strong payoff like that, then you probably wouldn't mind the bullshitness as much because uh, it would be, I don't know about that. Eh. Well, you'd maybe a little bit less, maybe just the teensiest little bit less. Um, it's so weird though because it don't. seems like it could have been a thing where it's like a 90 second timeout card at the very end or something when you where your it, attack goes against you yeah and it, where and you're it's different for every character it would have been great and then if you play without the rod then you don't do that like it does something else like that would have been fine so it just seemed like a time when the conservatism yeah. of Toho's design and narrative really played against it because you could have done something cool but now we're just gonna do the same thing that we do for all these games we're gonna have a bunch of bullets we're a slave to mechanics here yep we are a slave to this exact structure and we're not going to deviate (laughs) at all okay um so then i played toho 15 which completely transforms how you play toho (laughs) um and it's like we can move through it pretty quickly it's straightforward it is just you are constantly hitting checkpoints it's a regular Toho game, except you're constantly hitting checkpoints, and then you can res- respawn from those checkpoints infinitely. Mm. So you don't have lives. You just have to get through everything in one life. Um, and you want to use your bombs as little as possible because yeah. you, because that's the only like resource, basically, you're worrying about. Yeah. Um, so you want to save those for near the end. But the thrust of it is, instead of managing, like, trying to gain resources so that you can get through the hard end bosses, you're just playing each segment until you can beat it and then moving on to the next one. And it's totally disconnected. You're not doing this big, like, single high-stakes journey. It's a bunch of little challenges that are strung together. But without, without, like, it's not like the photograph games where they are completely separated into their own things. Like, it still plays out as a single... As as a stage. Yeah. 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 I was so going to say, like, it kind of becomes one big high-stakes journey when you get to the stage five boss and get stuck for an hour because yeah. it's so hard. That's And that's why it works, is that it because it has the much lower-stakes checkpointing system, it can afford to be much, much harder and get really bullshit in some pretty fun, cute ways. <laughs> um, so this is one... there. Literally, like, playing this, I could just, like, pinpoint moments where, like, oh, this would have really pissed off Polly. Oh, this would have really pissed <laughs> off Polly. <laughs> like, the one state, the one clip I posted where I was like, oh, there's just no way of knowing where these lasers are coming from. You just have to memorize the checkpoints, uh... do- the safe points, don't you? And then I did, and I got through it. Uh... I mentioned this to you, but, like, I looked at my save file afterwards... And that was literally the point where I gave up on normal mode was that one. <laughs> no, I, I actually beat this in like two days. Um, I had a really good time with it. Um, it's the stage four bosses where it like gets all out there with 
I want to be the guyisms, yeah, and I really yeah. enjoy it. And then stage four, stage five, is just stage unlike five. anything else in Toho because it's it goes so fucking out. brutal. <laughs> it goes all out, and it can afford to be complete bullshit because you can retry <laughs> as many times as you want. It, there, there are spell cards in the stage in Clown Piece, um, the second strongest fairy. Um, there are spell cards in the stage five boss that are just like throwing you in a meat grinder and you just have to like figure out your way out and take You've gotta just tries. grit your teeth and get through it. Like clown piece is infamous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. I really like clown piece. I really like the song. I love the the um the halfway through stage five, um, she shows up and instead of just like appearing, she kinda darts around the screen in this way that has kind of a good amount of personality. Um, and then she said, let's speed it up a little. And then the fairies start coming at you faster and shooting bullets faster than in any previous Toho game, at least on normal mode that mm-hmm. I can remember. Yeah. Like you, it's macro dodging and Toho almost never has a lot of big macro dodges. And yeah. it's so satisfying. Um, that's kind of my big thing is I really like it when Toho makes me let go of the, um, slow down, but the focus button. I, yeah, because he almost never does. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so rare that you have to, or, or that uh, you, or that you want to, just because of uh, how much micro dodging you have to do. Mm-hmm. So those parts were so tasty, and there's a lot of it. <clears throat> um, so yeah, there's a stage five boss, and that's it. It ends. It's a really <laughs> good. It's a weird structure, but it, and it's over. Yeah. Um. So this was another time when I was really disappointed by kind of Toho's conservatism um, with its narrative and its design because the stage six boss is just another Toho girl Uh. who, and they, he tries to do this thing where her gimmick is that she has very pure patterns because she's, her thing is purity and she wants to purify the moon and the world mm-hmm. of life, basically. Um, so she like her initial patterns are like just a circle of bullets that moves out really fast. It's like one circle and it shoots out really fast. And then the next, her next um, pre-spell card pattern is just like a circle of bullets that spins out real fast, but there's a little hole and you have to micro, you have to macro dodge into that little hole and dodge it and get around. Um, so just like not a lot of bullets, completely straightforward but really hard because it's fast. And then the her very last spell card is just called Pure Bullet Hell. And it <laughs> and it's just a lot of bullets in this really cool, like like honest way. Like there's no gimmicks, it's just you are dodging these bullets. And that's cool, but not all our spell cards do that. One of them is a really pretty, like big flower, and it's named like Ultimate Lily pattern or something <laughs> so she has like a bunch of patterns that are just like r- typical really big pretty flamboyant toho patterns mm-hmm. so she doesn't lean into the lean into the purity thing enough so what you're left with is a thing where it's like man these circles are really boring it's just a circle what the fuck because it doesn't go hard enough for you to actually realize it's intentional until you've thought about it for a while or you read an interview where he's like oh yeah i wanted it to be this and it just make me makes me think like what if they'd really gone hard on it like had a song that didn't sound like every Toho final boss song 
like just had something like really subdued or like or quiet or something like that or if they'd had the boss like be in, hidden in silhouette or something anything that's not just another toho girl with a cool hat and a song and oh look this is her gimmick it's oh, it's purity but and it just is leaves no impression because mm. it doesn't go hard enough and with both four with both 14 and 15 there are parts where they have they have all this setup to do something really cool and then they just don't and it bummed me out. Mm. But I really like the rest of the games. The rest of the game. I enjoyed everything yeah, else. Yeah, how, well. how about that extra stage? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. You don't... You can't do the checkpoint mode on the extra stage. You have to play it like a regular Toho extra stage. Like, why not... Yeah, like, why wouldn't cool you... Thing about yeah, I was about to say, like... Extra stages are known for being infamously difficult... You can just, you can get your rocks off in like so many more ways if you had the checkpoint system, uh, and oh, they don't. and made full use of it with the extra stage. Yeah. yeah so I was like, I was really excited about that because I thought that, like, oh, this would be perfect for an extra stage, and then they they don't, and then no. they don't do it. No, they don't. You got to do it the regular way, so it's going to be really obnoxious and take ten, maybe fifteen minutes long. Ah. <sighs> So, I was disappointed by Toho 15, but not, not in any way until I, until past Cloud Peace, basically. Mm. Like that arc was very strong to me. And when I yeah. when I looked at my save file, I had beaten the game on easy mode, and I distinctly remember Clown Peace. I literally didn't remember the stage six. Yeah, because it's just nothing. It's nothing. Oh. Yeah. Also, in the manuals for in the manual for fifteen, they talk at length about a giant mechanical spider raising life from her, from Gensokyo to purify uh-huh. it for the moon. Never shows up. <laughs> <laughs> this is a shmup where a large part of the backstory is a giant mechanical spider destroying all life, and then it has nothing to do with the actual game. Let's be honest. Zune only knows how to draw fairies and little girls. So yes. the spider so, would have been way out of his wheelhouse. One yeah. of the fighting games is literally about a giant mecha they found, and like it doesn't appear. But that the, that thing is in um, the 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 fucking Scarlet Curiosity though. Oh That's yeah, cool. it is. But that wasn't made by then, so that makes sense. They've already got fairy girl spiders after five. Don't worry. Oh yeah, they have a good spider one. It's in she's in um, subterranean animism. Sanai's a snake, the snake girl, kind of, not to the same extent. So yeah, that was my Toho journey. I I played more shmups like I once cc um Exceed third, and it was kind of bad. Exceed's uh, boring <laughs> as fuck. Boring. I was just so bored oh. by that game. Yeah, I like, mean I it's like competent. Patterns. It's competent. But I look at it in the same way as you might look at RFL in that it's just like, boy, <laughs> this sure is doing a, that, you know, it sure is uh, a bullet elf shmup. And you look mm-hmm. at that and you go, boy, this sure is an RPG. Like, XE3 just felt exactly the same to me as Danmaku Unlimited 3. Like, like the yeah. play experience with that felt the same. Yeah. Which was the one that was literally just called like, oh, bullet hell game. Play my bullet hell game. I called it bullet hell. Unlimited. <laughs> Three, because it's the third one it's I like, made. I always thought that, like, Don Maku Unlimited had the potential to kind of, like, 
I always thought that, like, if it would have taken more of sort of a teaching role in how to play these kinds of games, that I thought mm-hmm. that it would be, like, a cooler thing. Like, if it kind of taught you through example the basics of micro-dodging, macro-dodging, streaming, things like that, I always kind of thought that, like, that would be a way more interesting thing than it is. But no, it's just kind of a real boring bullet hell game with bullet with boring bullet patterns and, and boring enemy designs and boring <laughs> got ships uh, boring ship gimmicks and yeah that's true uh, you know at least girls are better than ships for the most this part this is true this is true <laughs> and and Wait, toho girls are, we... are better than exceeds girls <laughs> by a lot by large yeah margin. but like exceeds girls are like there's no inspiration behind them at all like it all feels Besides so cynical it feels, Besides, like, it's not even horny. good horny yeah it's just like Probably the most the milk. Good horny. It is the most milk toast horny you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> She's got big breasts, and she's that... not wearing pants. Wow! Nailed it! Nailed it, you guys. Mm-hmm. So X Seed, like I once seed it, so that was cool. But it's like, come on, X Seed, was... give me something to work here. I want to fuck a half ghost girl. Okay, you've got competition. <laughs> And then the music's just whatever. There's it does nothing with the background. It's yes, Oliver is a good example of good horny. Yep, Oliver. Oliver is a Trails in the Sky character. He's fantastic. He's the best. Yes. Um, and then I and then I took like just like one more thing is that I took a week in one CC Gradius one, which made me feel very good about myself. Why oh wait, you finally try, did do that? Why you yeah, to I totally did. The stream. Did you do it on stream? No, I, I streamed it for like three hours uh, and then gave up. Yeah, I watched most of that and just watched you get real mad. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then the next day I did it. But thanks uh, to y'all's help. I, I got the, the first time I got past stage four, um, I beat the game. Jeez. Yep. Stage five, six, and seven are easy easy stages for babies. <laughs> um, yeah, so we heard so was... many times about how so many things were... Baby, baby game for babies. Uh, really, every stage is easy except four. <laughs> Which one's four? Where most of them died. Is that the like the inverse of stage one? Yes, it is. It was really yeah, hard. Uh, that fucking looks bullshit. <laughs> Pretty hard. I got past it though, and then I beat the game. So that was really. I'm really glad because I was about to give up, but then I streamed it, and then everyone came out and supported me and made fun of me and made me feel a lot better. <laughs> And then I beat it, and now I've beaten a hor- I've beaten an arcade shmup in one credit. I've never done that before. There you go. Cool. I feel really good. You beat in one life, probably. I did beat it in one you life. You have to. It's mandatory. <laughs> mandatory. You have to. <laughs> I did not immediately load up Gradius two. Oh boy. Do I they get harder? To... Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For three. Loops get way harder in Gradius games. No, I mean like, is Gradius two harder than one? Which is I, mean, I both... think. See, I I don't think Gradius one is that hard. No, I don't either. I beat it in a week. Uh, Gradius two is way harder. Yeah, okay, I kind of believe that. And Gradius three is the most inhuman. And Gradius three is the most inhumane thing I've ever put myself through. <laughs> yeah. What's the deal with that one that they didn't actually like test the game before no. releasing it? <laughs> It was put, like, the stages were worked on separately, and the people that made the stages only tested the stages in the context of testing their own stage, and then they just kind of put it all together at the end. 
it's like okay, each one of us can beat our stage, so it's hypothetically possible that we can beat that someone can beat the whole game. But that was the reasoning. That's wild. I wonder if they yeah. were, were even like practicing with all the power ups at the start, so it's on like the max rank or whatever. Yeah, I have to know. I have to wonder how how that worked. Like when I look at when I look at um, I looked at some playthrough videos and with some explanations, and it was very detailed. Like here's how I manipulate rank. Here's how I manipulate my options to make this possible. Here's what I equip. Like you have to have this exact build to get through. Uh. It's not oh. fun. <laughs> <laughs> like the it stopped being fun after day two. There were twenty eight <laughs> more days in this process. What? It took in it took an entire fucking month. God, I do not have the patience for arcade games. You two do. Well, I've only beaten the one, and, and like I, did, I said, I only it only took me like four or five days. So I don't think of race yeah. one as being like impossibly hard or anything. I never actually did beat R type legit, <laughs> which is so wild because I put so much time into that game. <laughs> someday, someday, someday. So that's my shmup journey. All righty, so. I mean, mm. we're gonna start sounding weird here if we just go back to me, right? You're gonna have to say something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did the big thing about a month ago. Okay. I bought a PlayStation VR. My first, Ooh. my first thought to this was, fucking why? <laughs> Cause I saw enough games that I really wanted to play, and I was like. And I've been so interested in VR for like so long. Like, yeah, I played it. I remember I played it twice now at other people's places, and it's really oh, fun. Really? Yeah, it's oh, really what cool. Pl- what have you played? I played a weird experimental art game by students, which was fun. Oh, because oh, um, so it was at a game dev meetup, and then I played this shooting game, this like arcadey shooting game that looked huh. was a lot more professional, where you are standing in place as waves of enemies come at you and you have to like spin around and move. I moved in place to dodge attacks. You have a shield and you can reflect your laser oh. enemy lasers with the shield. So I'm I like holding up my shield with my art, yeah. real hand, cutting apart enemies with a lightsaber while I'm reflecting a laser back at them. I know time. what game you're talking about. I just don't remember the name of it, but yeah. So, okay. you pl- so you played like a PC thing though, not specifically played... PlayStation VR. No, not specifically PlayStation VR. Just like I played a VR. Yeah. It was good. I played VR like back in the '90s when it looked like uh, virtual racing, <laughs> and I don't really remember that. Just being like, "Oh, this seems a little like 3D games basically didn't exist." So the fact that they were companies were trying to make VR already was insane, really. And then yeah. I played the Virtual Boy, which was also bad. Oh yeah, the thing what? Everyone loves that one. I played a Virtual Boy. This is responding to chat. I never actually owned it, though. I was just like, mm, no, this seems bad. <laughs> but uh, everyone, you know, when Oculus and Vive came out, everyone really started to get excited for VR again. So I really, really wanted to try it. And the PlayStation VR is, like, by far the most affordable entry point if you oh. already have a system. Because, like, the full bundle cost me 350 which comes with the headset, two move controllers, and Skyrim VR. Oh boy! Which, yeah, good could video done, game. Could have done without that one, but it's like, it's part of the bundle. It's like you're not really paying anything for it. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of little VR things, and I've got a whole list here, which is why I've been kind of 
daunting talking about this because the list has gotten longer, like the longer we haven't recorded an episode. <laughs> so I think there's kind of three main thing, three kind of types of VR games. The first is like you're looking at something that's directly in front of you, almost like it's a diorama. And I haven't played many of these, just two demos and like one movie thing. There's this game called Moss. This is one of the first things I ever played. This might actually have been the first thing I really played. So there's this game called Moss, which is a platformer. So it's like it builds a scene in front of you, like a couple feet in front of you, and you just use the analog stick to move this little mouse character around. But then you're also using the controller, like the gyro on it, to move objects in the environment. So you're having to like hold your controller out in front of you to like lift up a bridge or something. Mm. So it's kind of this cool thing where it's like you're thinking about two things at once and like one of the areas in the demo is like kind of a tower with a bunch of windows in it. So your character is running around in there and you can like turn your head around to look inside the tower and like figure out where he is. Good shit. So it's like this kind of 10 minute demo. I'm like, I will play this when it goes on sale because the full game is like $30 and it's VR only. Mm. So VR stuff, they kind of get you on the price right now because there's not a lot of install base, but like people that do have it want are thirsty for content really yeah so, so everything's a little they're expensive. going to pay it yeah but i think playstation vr is, has been out for a long enough time now where stuff is starting to go on sale regularly so i kind of grab stuff when it's on sale <laughs> the right uh, yeah of course because god you could spend a lot of money on this thing besides just the upfront cost uh, and then there's this another demo co- game called tiny tracks which is like little stock cars but like the environment is just going all around you, which I thought was kind of neat. But oh, again, like this that. little demo. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not going to buy the full game. Uh, I, oh, so I did the I did the paint thing where you like can sit, st- walk around in environments and like paint things mm-hmm. in the air. It's very cool. Yeah, like a, I made a little fire and did cool <laughs> shit. It was really magical. Cool. I right, continue. So the real the real big difference between PlayStation VR and like the stuff on PC right now is that. The PlayStation camera doesn't have a huge field of view. So they don't want you walking around because it'll lose you like immediately. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like the more stuff you play on it, you kind of become high, highly aware of the technical limitations. Where like I think like the Vive on PC explicitly is like you need a five foot by five foot space to play this. Mm-hmm. And like you like literally define your boundaries with like these little sensors and stuff. Whereas the PlayStation VR is like can you, we see you? Okay, don't move. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like just, just a lot of it is designed in mind with you just sitting in your chair and not moving. So I think it's called paintbrush or something, the thing you played. And again, it's yeah. something I've heard of, but yeah, that kind of stuff isn't on PlayStation yet because oh, okay. it's, it's again, you're, it's a lower tech range basically. Like it's one tier down from the stuff on PC, but I also don't have enough space in my house to do that stuff anyways, which is why I was okay. I think the Vive was the one I tried. Yeah, Vive seems like the mark, the leader right now. Mm -hmm. So, the next type of game I think is kind of a thing where you're in the game, but not as like a character. It's just kind of like, you're viewing the game, it's all around you, you're in the world, like kind of like an IMAX theater, but you look around and you're just surrounded in the game world. So the two games I've played that are kind of like this are, the first one is Res Infinite, Ooh. Which, 
which is really fucking cool in VR. Like this this yep. type I really enjoy. So I can like that. So like I've never actually played the original. Oh, for real. But that yeah, that has to make this my, even cooler because like I think going into this going into this blind and it being as good as it is, that's gotta be amazing. Because yeah. yeah, I know Res is awesome, but yeah, yeah, going into this blind and it being good in VR would be cool shit. And it's again, like I have I've gotten motion sick a couple times in VR, but like this wasn't one of them, but like you can see how somebody could because you're just flying and like sometimes the camera will spin around and do stuff training stuff like the some of the boss fights they'll like have camera cuts, yeah. which like ah. VR games really shouldn't do because no. it's super disorientating. But yeah, for the most of the game, you know, you're just kind of flying behind the player character and just flying through these worlds with them. Cool. And the really cool thing they do is that they map your your targeting to the head to where you're looking, so you can just play the entire game like just pressing X to fire and just looking at the enemies you want to shoot. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And like you can adjust it with the D-pad or you can even use the move controller to point at stuff. But I, in general, I actually find the best way is just looking at the enemies I want to shoot. And sometimes like they'll go off what would have been the edge of the screen and you can just like quickly turn to your side and be like, no, fucker, I'm, I'm going to get you. <laughs> so you're controlling the whole thing with like your neck, basically. Yeah. And like... Cool. It's not as uncomfortable as that sounds, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, like, it's so weird, though, because you're playing a video game, but, like, you look down, and there's a video game below you, and you look up, and there's more around you, and you look left and right. It's just, you're surrounded by it, and that's such yeah, a weird turn sensation. Turn around was, for me, always the yeah. thing. Like, God. It, it was always yeah. so wild taking it off after, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, oh, God, yeah, real world. Yeah. I actually tried, <laughs> I actually, I um, did the paintbrush game for a half hour after... Oh man! Um, taking after smoking some weed for the first time. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh wow! <gasps> Still the only time. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, actually, yeah, I didn't feel much from it. I don't think, but it was it was funny that I mushed those yeah. together. That's got to be one heck of a combo. Yep. Yeah. Um, first just bleep times... just bleep that out in case the FBI is listening. Oh, obviously, <laughs> of course. Okay. I was in Delaware. Is that is that one of the good states? Colorado. I was in Colorado, of course. Yeah, we're in Colorado, of course. Denmark. Denmark. It was over. I was in Denmark. <laughs> That's the one, right? Or is it Amsterdam? Fuck. I think Amsterdam. I think it's Amsterdam. How does geography work? Shut up. Amsterdam's crazy about VR. Yeah, they love it. <laughs> they get high into VR. I don't want to try that now. Fuck. Yeah, the first few times I took the headset off and went back to the real world, I was like super heightened sensitivity to the fact that things are in 3D. <laughs> like, there was one game I'll talk about later where a monitor drops down in front of you and it's super like, oh, this is flat. And then later I was looking at my computer monitor like, you're flat too. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so weird though. Like, I hope it's not screwing with my eyes, but because I've, you know, I've gotten used to it and gone back to normal. But like the first day I was just like, man. The world is so 3D all the time. It's wild. And you didn't even need pot to sound like this. No. <laughs> I'm playing it into it. So, so Resident Infinite, back to that, is really good. It's a, like if you turn all the way around so that like you're flying backwards, that's when it's like, oh, I can see how you get motion sick real quickly here. Mm. And the bosses in that game are incredible. And I think they're even more incredible in VR probably because they are huge and intimidating 
like they're just these giant monoliths in front of you and like your player character seems so small next to them and like having that sense of scale in VR is really cool. And they added a new area that I haven't played yet called Area X. I played, like, the first minute of it and was like, oh, this seems incredible. I have to stop because I, like, want to be in a better mindset to play it. I've heard some people saying, like, they had emotional reactions to Area X because it represents, like, a paradigm shift in video games for them because it's so good. Weird. I have to check. Yeah, like, it's like looking into the future. That's what a lot of VR stuff feels like at times where it's, like, it's a prototype where you can see the future, but it's not quite there yet, mm-hmm. you know? Like, uh-huh. you think, like, in five or ten years, like, this technology is going to be even crazier and just it'll be what how video games are played from now. Mm. It's like Resident Infinite feels like one of those games where it's like, oh, like, I'm totally cool with p- putting on this headset and just playing this game and having it dominate 100% of my vision instead of just being on a flat screen and having it being 3D, and that's it's really cool like that. Cool. So another game I picked up the other day that I haven't play, put much time into, but is very similar to how Resident Infinite just kind of places you behind the player character, is a game John bounced off of a while ago, Thumper. Oh, Thumper! God, that would the be ri- fun in VR, I think. The rhythm violence game. Yup. <laughs> is intense in VR. Yeah! I imagine it would be. Just the visuals from that game normally are pretty like, high. That game's but... already intense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so like... You're way closer to the action than I thought you were going to be. Like, the track becomes about as wide as your body. And that, uh, like, your scare beetle thing is, like, right in front of you. And it looks like a couple feet long. Like, it's pretty big. It's like, Mm -hmm. and then, so you just see this track stretching off way into the distance. And then, you know, whatever demonic stuff is taunting you at the end. So, and it goes super fast. Oh, yeah. So, I've I've only played the first level so far. But it was like, okay, that was... A lot <laughs> to take in. Because <laughs> a lot of VR games so far, I've found myself kind of being like, I'm good after like 10 to 20 minutes. So like, Thumper is another one of those, like, you play one stage, you know, like, okay, I'm exhausted, I'm good. Yeah. Like, it was, especially the one where I was like standing up and moving around, I was just like, okay, this is too yeah. much, I'm good. Yeah, some of the stuff on, seems like it could get pretty physical. Mm-hmm. And like, leave you actually yeah. exhausted. We tennis of the future. Yeah, Th- there's like no good tennis game on PlayStation VR. I couldn't what? freaking believe it. There's like one that came out really recently that is like incredibly bare bones, but everyone's like, "Well, it's the only tennis VR game. Guess we gotta like it anyways." But right. like, it's like bare minimum effort, which is so sad. Ah, you'd think that would have been like somebody would have been there. Like that's like the go to. <laughs> I know. They have the move controllers that are, you know, glorified Wiimotes, but a little bit mm. better. I mean, the, the you, way... would, you would need to be doing the disorienting moving around, though, for tennis, though, right? I would imagine. You'd need to have the yeah. characters moving on their own, which would be disorienting a bit. Yeah, the, the VR one. Okay, did the stream die? Yep. People in chat. Oh. Just keep, just keep going. Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the tennis game, which I haven't played, so I don't want to talk too much about it. Like, apparently, your character, like, auto-moves is one way they handle it, which uh-huh. is weird. Or you can hold uh, the DualShock in your left hand to move while swinging the tennis in your right hand, which is, you know, there's not a real great way to do it. I would prefer if it was just, hey, you 
every shot comes towards you and you only have to stay in one place, you know? Just let's be honest about it. Yeah. You just want to swing the racket around. Ah, uh, yeah, I think that makes more sense. Maybe do table tennis. I don't know. Yeah, like table that, tennis could work quite easily as well. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Uh, so speaking of games that make you exhausted after like 20 minutes or even less, the drive. so there's a lot of driving games on PlayStation VR and they work really well because you're sitting mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So like putting yourself in a thing where you're normally sitting anyways, you know, it heightens the immersion. So the first driving game I played is Trackmania Turbo. Oh, which... that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> Trackmania goes really fast. Yeah, Trackmania and... is not known for being um, a normal driving game. No. So this one's weird because it's kind of a hybrid of like kind of the IMAX viewing behind the character thing or just being full first person immersive Mm -hmm. where certain parts of each track will go into first person but the majority of the time you're actually like hovering behind the car which is super weird and the stuff that goes to first person for all for everything is always like the most nauseating parts oh yeah which is like i think you wouldn't really be able to see what was happening if you were in third person so like Right before you hit the corkscrew or the loop-de-loop or, like, the vertical U-turn, it goes into first person. Oh, man. It's... It's so much. (laughs) But, yeah, so that was, like, the one game, or one of two games that really got me a little nauseous. But, like, I totally knew it was going to, and it was totally worth it. Yeah, that's, like, what you're signing up for. You know what Trackmania is. yeah. But the fact that these tracks are literally like 20 to 40 seconds long and in VR you just do them once and it's like, okay, stop, stop for a minute. We got, we got to calm down and have some loading screens here. Like it's extremely segmented, but uh, it's still yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So like they just built a separate VR thing. So there's only like 40 tracks, I think. Mm-hmm. But again, they're super short. So I've actually finished all of them. So I'm probably not going to go back to it, but it's pretty fun. It's like, again, it's, it's a glimpse of the future, I guess. And like some of those tracks where it's having you do huge, like corkscrews or loop de loops. You're typing it so loud, Polly. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally, like if you're in the first person and you miss and just fly off into the void, it's <laughs> nauseating. And this is one game where I've had like a crash, not a crash, but like, you know, you fly off and hit the ground in first person. It's a little disorientating. Gotcha. Okay, so Polly was typing. Uh, so the next driving game I played was Drive Club VR. Mm. And it's okay. This one, I feel like they had to scale back the graphics so much to get it to run in VR at 60 frames a second that it really takes a hit. So, like, it's kind of an ugly game, really. Which is kind uh, of weird, because Drive Club is supposed to be one of those super pretty car games. So it feels yeah. like it kind of loses the pull. One of the bigger bigger selling yeah. points. But the problem is when, you know, VR stuff has to be at least 60 frames a second, because if it's not, you, your brain will freak out. Because uh, if you move it and the image doesn't move with you, you get sick, like, immediately. Yeah, You know? So, and the other thing about Drive Club is that 
because it's su- trying to push such a high fidelity on like the assets that you start to see the resolution of the PlayStation VR, which is lower than 1080 per eye, I think. So it gets pretty pixelated, so you can't really make out stuff in the distance mm. as clearly as you should be able to. I just feel like in general, like stuff that is stylized and has like more of a artistic bent to it, like even Trackmania. That's going to translate is, better. Yeah, it, tra- it translates way better. Like Drive Club is just kind of a... Like it's a good game, but... Well, it's an okay game, I guess. It, it, this one is fine, I guess. It's not the one I'm like itching to get back to. I know what you're itching to get back to. <laughs> I've got a lot of games left. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll... I'm enjoying hearing the VR experience a lot. Sh- sh- should I do one more and then throw it to Polly? No, because then we're... To, look, just go. Okay, I'll, I'll just keep going. Uh, final driving game is the Wipeout Omega Collection. Oh, so this shit, is a Wipeout could be interesting. Wipeout in VR. So this was one of the games I knew... I already had this game, but I hadn't actually played it yet. Because when I found out they had added... The, so the entire game is playable in VR in this one. Whereas in Trackmania, it's just like a couple tracks. Mm-hmm. And in Drive Club, it's like a separate game that is also not all of the tracks from the full game. Wipeout, it's the entire game is playable in VR. Ooh. And... Holy crap! This yeah, is a game Wipeout. If you've, not, if you've not played Wipeout, it's basically F Zero X, basically. Yeah. Yeah. This is a game where it's like you play one race and it's fucking incredible. And man, I am so exhausted. I'm done <laughs> because it's just it's so much again. <laughs> but yeah, the sense of speed and like depth in this one is crazy because like to prevent you from getting totally motion sick, and this is a thing you t- can turn off, but like they kind of put up blinders around the ship. Mm. Like, so you've got your cockpit and then like, like the edge of the cockpit extends forward a bit. And then you have like kind of the windshield and then the track in front of you and the other cars. So it's like, it really feels like you're in there though. Like it's one of the most immersive ones. Like when you're racing and coming up on another car and like seeing them get closer to you is, is alarming almost like like just the sense of depth and presence that the other cars have is kind of wild in this one like it's it's more 3d than the other stuff i played for some reason mm-hmm. but yeah you're going so fast and it's a lot and like the crazy bends you're making like almost it almost goes so fast that your brain doesn't have to register like oh i'm upside i'm supposed to be upside down right now oh i'm supposed to be like on a 180 bend right now you know mm-hmm. like so I'll I'll keep playing that, but like one track at a time, basically. Cause... But 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 to quote all of our VR uh, reviews so far, it's a lot. It's a lot. Just put that on the box of every PSVR <laughs> game. VR, it's intense. Like, which means it's working basically. But yeah, like, you got to build up a tolerance to like how much you can handle, really. Yeah. Uh, so then some more sitting games uh there's a there's this free demo called cyber danganronpa oh (laughs) did you watch the video i sent you of this yeah i did i was so excited to stream this and then because japan i guess it blocked streaming for no reason because this is literally a free game that they put on bsn Mm -hmm. so it's just like this short super short proof of concept where like you start in the middle of trial five in the first game and you're standing there at the podiums as Nagy and all the other characters that are still alive are standing there. And then they go into the arguments and it's just 
words flying at you in 3D and like, characters jumping so... up into the air and kicking the words and like grabbing them and like swinging them around like hammers. That's the coolest was, shit. It's so incredible. And this was like one of the first things I played like the first day and I was like blown away. I was like holy shit that's nuts. But then like it ends like right as it begins to do anything and then <coughs> you play uh then it goes through one of the executions in VR. <laughs> It's, oh. it's the one in the first game where you're on the uh, conveyor belt and there's oh, a giant no. presser in front of you. Perfect. That's so, so good. Like, so I'm sitting there like, yep, this is happening. And then I thought I was going to get hit by it. And it would like lands like an inch in front of you. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then you just look up and see it coming down. And it goes like, thanks for playing. See you in Danganronpa V3. Like, I guess it was time to when that came out as like a promo thing. Yeah. Which I initially took took to think that they were going to make a v3 version of this but i think it was just like hey we've got a new game coming out like that's probably when this was released here yeah more than Mm. likely but like yeah again as proof of concept incredible like i would love if they remade one of the games in that vr like i would i would be antsy to just do some arguments in that whole environment of just like words flying at you and yeah, the crazy like they could get so they, they already get so crazy with it, like in V three and parts of the first and second game. Yeah, like they could literally a whole new dimension to play with how weird it could get. That's really that, cool. Oh yeah, and then there's a there's dancing monokumas. You know that gift of course from the, you, the anime he does yeah. that like that belly dance right in front of you and it's uncomfortable. I think they do that. I think that's also in um, Ultra Despair Girls too. Uh, probably uh, another quick demo there's a demo again it's not even a demo for a full game it's just hey we made this thing so we put it up for free here's a proof there's of concept a... yeah so there's a demo for The Last Guardian VR oh weird and it's really short and not much happens but just the initial moment where bird dog thing jumps down in front of you mm-hmm. is crazy because you just get this full sense of scale of like how huge this thing is and then it immediately, like, puts its nose right up to you and sniffs you. And you're like, it's uncomfortable, like, having this huge <laughs> animal right up to you. So, like, if my dad was going to come over and play the VR, but he obviously he doesn't seem to give a shit. I was going to show him this just to be like, hey, here's, like, a super good example of, like, immersive scale. Uh, then there's a, Star Front, there's a Star Wars Battlefront thing where you do an X-Wing mission and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me a lot of Star Fox, and that made me so sad because I would love a Star Fox game in VR. Oh, man. Because it's literally like you take off, then you go through an asteroid field, and then you do a space battle, and then, oh, a Star Destroyer shows up, and you got to fight that. And, like, <laughs> again, the sense of scale, like, flying around the Star Destroyer and being able to, like, look left and then below you and see it there, like, out the window is, like, it's really cool stuff again. Like, well, he said, it's a lot. Yeah. Have you played any real good lightsaber games? Uh, I'll mm, kind of maybe no yet. Okay, I just really uh, want to like have people throw things at me and then I slice them open with a lightsaber. That, like that sounds okay. Really I'll, nice. I'll get to that later. I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. skip a few games because they probably aren't the most interesting ones. I'll just talk about Skyrim VR real quick. Which... <laughs> that'll be that'll yay! It. Everybody loves Skyrim. Which... Okay, so this was a PS3 
three, you know, 360 game from a while ago, like 2011, and it's not made for VR, and they didn't like clean up the graphics at all. And you know how I said with Drive Club, like, oh, I think games that aim for a realistic style don't look very good in VR. Yep. Hey, games that are Bethesda games from that gen that are also kind of extremely buggy to begin with with, don't look really bad in VR. This game, after like they put a little VR tutorial at the very front just so you don't aren't completely lost. This game opens with you on a cart going downhill at an angle, but your character is still like facing forward, like upright. That's so not good. (laughs) It immediately immediately starts off on the wrong foot, and like you're facing the you're facing forward, even though your character should be facing like towards the center of the cart because they're sitting. And so like, and then like one of the characters gets out of the cart, and their feet you see you can clearly see their feet don't actually touch the ground. And so I initially was playing with the move controllers, which means you don't have an analog stick, so you have to use the point to where you want to go and press the button to teleport their thing. Yeah, and. I just got... In, and that's the mode that they do, apparently, to prevent people from getting motion sick. It didn't work for me. Oh, no. Because <laughs> after, like, half an hour of doing, like, the tutorial dungeon, I was, like, ready to puke, practically. You were just like, this I, is a lot. It, it wasn't even a lot. It was just, like, this is such a bad way to play this game. <laughs> like, <laughs> because the combat also just doesn't work like that, because enemies... Enemies in VR have to stay in front of you, basically. Yep. So when you're trying to manage this dumb teleport system while swinging around a move controller as if it's the sword, but then, you know, like, it, having to damn, deal with, like, the stamina system in the game or whatever. Yeah. So and it defaults to, like, the easiest of the easy difficulties because it's probably, like, an impossible way to seriously play that game. Yeah. So you can play it with just the regular controller, which obviously is not going to be nearly as immersive, but as playability went, I was like, okay, I could see possibly getting into this. So I wandered around for like 20 minutes outside. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then I went into an indoor area and immediately kind of got motion sick again. I think your character just walks way too fast for VR. Mm. So I haven't gone back to that. There was one time I was like, oh, I should go back to that. But then I never did. Mm. So it goes. But I kind of still want to give it another chance because Resident Evil 7, which I haven't played, also does the same thing where you move with the controller. Yeah. So, but I have to imagine you walk way slower in that game because it's a horror game inside a single house. Yeah, and that game was made with the VR in mind as well. Resident Evil 7 was also made for VR and everyone says it's like the definitive playstation vr experience right now but i've also seen a lot of people saying it made them motion sick as hell especially Mm. towards the start so i'm trying to build up a tolerance before jumping into that one because that's again one of the main games i bought this for yeah Uh because everyone is like you shouldn't play resident evil 7 before playing it in vr basically Mm. cool so that was a lot (laughs) (laughs) just like the vr this is really cool i'm really excited about that then thank you for sharing that at I don't have, like, any input, but, like, good yeah. shit. So on the last podcast, last podcast we did, I had just finished a, a wonderful game. Remember remember, remember mm-hmm. Trails of Cold Steel? And remember how yeah. the end of that game was freaking bonkers? 
Yeah, and you said you were going to take a break from that series. Yeah, I'm going to take a break. It's a good stopping point. And that <laughs> lasted, like, I remember I was going to, like, all right, I'm going to play Trails of Cold Steel 1. I've got two on the back burner for a lazy day, and then I'm going to play Dot Fucking Hack. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't have Dot Hack installed anymore. <laughs> That's a 40 gig install that I would have to re download again to play oh, again. Boy. I'm not re downloading dot hack. <laughs> so uh, that project's dead in the water. Uh, but I, I did go ahead, relent, and say, you know what? Fuck it. Why am I depriving myself of a good thing? And I played Trails of Cold Steel 2. And this picks up very, very shortly after the events of the first game, much like the Trails in the Sky games do. Um, things have taken quite a turn in, in this game's world. Uh, I'm not going to talk about very many specifics, if any at all. This is mostly just a sort of yeah. up, a quick update. Um, but needless to say, uh, our characters are presented with sort of a whole new view of the world that they've kind of got to take in uh, just to... And kind of find a way to eke out a new existence in while sort of trying to find themselves and and each other, um, and it's real good. Uh, they make they they throw you into a situation that I think is really hard to write about because it's just like mm. there's there's ways of doing it right and it being realistic, which I think would be maybe too dark and boring for what these these games do um but there's also kind of like a fantasy way of dealing with it that has like just the right amount of sort of fantastical elements that keep it interesting and cool while allowing just, these characters just... to foster their growth and relationships with one another and sort of like how you have to look at the world differently now we put just the right amount of anime in it. Basically, that's essentially... <laughs> like, I feel like Trails in the Sky is way less anime. And, and um, in the last three or four hours of Trails of Cold Still 1, it just takes a full-on dive head first into, yo... <laughs> we're gonna go fucking anime now get get fasten that safety belt baby you're going for a ride oh now now you're speaking my language a bit more <laughs> yeah it's 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 got a damn good ending to that first game and they kind of leapfrog off of that right into the second game in just some really great ways um everybody's back from the first game obviously and the stories that they're telling now are way more nuanced and and full of danger and they have a whole new spin on how characters have to approach certain situations because of just the way the world is now like we've kind of got to like you know, you've got to change your shit up. Just doing things the way you did before isn't going to work. And they were kind of cognizant of that and in that, like, they're not making you sort of repeat the same structure as the first game either, because if they'd have done another game of yeah. that same structure, I, I would have probably burned out on it, uh, truth be told, because by the time I hit high the... School game, right? Yeah, like, they, oh. like if, if you were stuck in that very same kind of structure, it would be boring and bad honestly like you would Next get year at hogwarts you would get tokyo xanadu ex 
Oh, I'm sorry. I just I, I don't like it that much. Um, Shots fired. I know. I know. Polly doesn't like every single Falcon game. I know. What? I'm not worthy of Chelsea anymore. Aww. Aww. Um, uh, Trials of Cold Steel, real fucking good. Uh, just like the first game, it goes fucking bananas at the end. <laughs> In even more ways, it's just like, uh, when I started this series, I wasn't expecting, and then you go, why is there a fucking demon castle over there? How did that happen? What's going on? Anime. Oh my god, and just like, and like, sort of like Cold Steel in the same way that like, when you get to what you think is the end point of Cold Steel, it just keeps going, and you're like, wait, what? How are we getting, oh, Oh, shit just got crazier. Game, it's still getting crazy. So by the time you end uh, Cold Steel 2, they make a smart move in that they kind of make that a good stop point. Um, in that, like, not all of the major plot threads are resolved, but now these characters kind of have a newfound resolve for how they're going to move forward to kind of finish out this series because there are two more games left. So to like not spoil anything. And it's just kind of like, you kind of have to know with me saying that like, you know, characters are resolved now and they're kind of just like set it, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be some amount of time leap from two to three that has to make these characters growth in that interim be believable. Um, mm-hmm. So, they give you a nice little like 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 they give you enough to whet your appetite for wanting more, but they also kind of like tell you enough that it's just like I'm intrigued, but I'm not sweating it some as much as I would be say the the leap from one to two of Trails in the Sky or even yeah, just it sounds like, like the difference between the change between Trails of Sky first and second chapter and the difference between Trails in the Sky second chapter and Trails the third. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just kind of like you get that little jumping off point to where it's okay to put this down now. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that, especially yeah. for such big RPGs. Yeah, if they would have hit me over the head with, like, another dose of, like, oh, here's some more, like, crazy bonkers shit or some kind of heartbreaking crazy thing that's just like, ow, don't make me wait for this while well, we have to wait for the localization of third to kind of get yeah. finalized. If I would have had to wait, I, I would have gone nanners. I would have just gone completely yep. nanners, and that ain't good for anybody. So yeah, that's that's. You need to do it. You need to space those out with big resolutions so you don't get too burnt out. Yeah, I also think that the fact that they were moving from PlayStation Three to PlayStation Four, for mm. Three and Four, was kind of uh, to, has something to do with that decision as well. Uh, because, yeah, that makes sense. Because there is, like, save game data that you save to pull stuff in, and, like, Trails of Cold Steel 2 remembers things from the first game, that you, choices that you made, and I think mm-hmm. that maybe they kind of wanted to, like, not have to worry about the technicalities of that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and also th- that means that people that loved Trails of Cold Steel but just had the PS3 and didn't want to get a PS4, like, d- don't have to... don't have to go buy a PS... It, it lets people that those people have a complete journey, which is nice. Yeah, like, it's there's still a lot of shit unresolved, and it still throws a lot of crazy shit at you. 
uh, that you are going to want to see resolved. So I'm not going to say it's a complete journey, but maybe one mm-hmm. that is I I completed enough maybe. Okay. Um, and, and not, I think not trails F trails in the sky FC ending. Yeah, like <laughs> you're not getting FC'd at the end of this, thankfully. Uh, which is basically all I'm saying. But yeah, Trails of Cold Steel 2, it's good. It makes a lot of smart changes to like the, the overall structure and flow of the game. Uh, there's some new combat stuff that makes you even more crazy overpowered that you still need in order to win because, God, this, game, 150. God, <laughs> God, this game's hard. <laughs> it's real hard. There were a few it fights. They got you mad. They got me got real mad. I got real mad at a few... <laughs> specific encounters um and, and there are some certain cheesy tactics that don't quite work as well in the second game as they did the first um i played this one on hard as well uh, i played the first oh. one i played the first one on normal uh, and i felt it was way too easy so um, i had no idea they had difficulties that's not something you see in jrpgs a lot yeah the, the, these have easy normal hard and nightmare and yeah. Oh, so it's so it's a Falcom game. Okay. It's basically just Falcom. <laughs> so yeah, Trails of Cold Steel too. It does more of what I wanted from the first one, and what what you know. While I'm very eager for news of Cold uh, Steel three, that's that's what we're really sweating about. Yeah, I'm yeah, sweating that. News. Like you know, I'm just gonna hope in my heart of hearts that you know it's an exceeds capable hands, and that we'll hear something sooner rather than later. Yep. Uh, and, and I'm not sweating so much waiting for it though like I'm not just like oh man I just need you know like they give me some crazy yeah. plot reveals that had me up at four in the morning literally screaming at Twitter what the fuck is going on <laughs> that was a fun night it was a good night it was good that I couldn't sleep that night it was, it was just, got, I, uh, <laughs> yeah you got so mad and I went to bed and then you were like I beat the game in the morning at like 5am <laughs> That's how it always goes, though. That's the poly experience. It's the it's the poly cycle. That's just how it goes. Yeah. They they made a pop team epic uh, comic <laughs> all about me. <laughs> Fuck this shit! I quit. I need to just redraw that with Polly. You really do. I don't know why. I don't know why I haven't yet. <laughs> That's a good excellent. Game. So I played another game. I'm gonna round okay. out round out my list of things that uh, I've done. Okay, so that was the quick one. That was the quick one. Uh, you guys ever <laughs> heard of uh, like uh, visual novels? They're like uh, uh... like Fate Stay Night. Oh, I, re- damn I regret this topic already. For Song of Saya. <laughs> Just completely nice genre. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, totally here. I played one of those. I played one of those games, and it wasn't a Fate game, so it was actually good. Uh, I played through Steins Gate, which Steinsgate. It's well, what's well, Germanic, so I'm assuming that it's pronounced yeah. Stein, and I believe the characters in the, I heard them pronounce it multiple times in the visual novel is Stein. Oh. So, hey, oh. hey, Rhett, me and you and me just made fun of Polly, and then she just totally wrecked us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is Stein. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Continue, um, Polly. We have been destroyed. Continue. Most most people um, know it from the 2010 anime adaptation, which is yes, I believe that's is where Red, what I watched. Yeah, like most people I've talked to about it. Uh, like Poncho is the only person that I've talked to that actually played the game. Uh, so 
I knew what I was getting into there. We'll go, get into that uh, in a bit. Okay. The asterisk, asterisk, asterisk <laughs> portion of uh, <laughs> of this little uh, of this little moment. Um, so it's a time traveling game, and you've got which takes place in the point of view of a quote unquote mad scientist who's not really a mad scientist. He's just you know he's a weirdo, delusional. He- yeah. Yeah, he's a the character archetype called Chuni, meaning Yeah. Kind of like oh. Me- Mega Man and Konosuba. Yeah, he sees himself as something way greater. I think I described it on Twitter as something like what gamer gators really see how they see themselves as these <laughs> great truth finders and you know, just uncovering so many you <laughs> oh, know, God. evil he- conspiracies. He's QAnon. He's what? No, never mind. Oh, yeah. Please move on. But anyway, yeah, he's just this. He's this very smart dude. He's not an idiot. He is an actual, you know, like he is into scientific study. And this game goes real fucking deep dive into its science. Like, really? Uh, yeah, so that's probably something the anime significantly trimmed down for time. They probably had to because they are just going over like so many like published theses and things like oh. that. <laughs> and, and, that and, like, wow. Crazy. <laughs> and it's what? y'all are gonna keep interrupting me and piss me off. <laughs> I said it sounds Michael Crichton-y because he does that a lot. Okay, oh, but yeah, yeah, like they, they, you could tell that they put a lot of work into the actual science and like studies into time travel paradoxes and things of that <laughs> nature over the years. They brought in like the the John Tidor a hoax from 2000 of a guy posting on message boards claiming to be a time traveler that's like an actual thing that happened so they're like pulling all of this believable stuff together to tell a a crazy story about people who've learned a method of time travel because they hooked a cell phone up to a microwave (laughs) that's their their quote unquote time machine and it works of course Um, and kind of just like any time travel story you get a lot of fuckery with the timelines they're really good like like the visual novel is real good about making sure you always know where you're at in the timeline too huh, uh, they cool. don't use a flow chart or anything like that they just they're just really good at pointing out like you did the time travel here's the date in the time that you went back to and this is what um and this is what uh timeline you were in so it's very smart in that way um it's got some really good characters. I like pretty much most of them. Um, they all kind of stand out for their own reasons. They're all kind of that weird otaku kind of quirky because I mean, it takes place in Akihabara, so why wouldn't it be? It just seems the perfect yeah. place to build a time machine is smack dab in the <laughs> middle of Akihabara. Why not? Um, but yeah, like Black Hole, String Theory, things like that. They all play a big role, and the game goes into just a lot of depth of making sure that you understand what these things mean, and there's like this whole codex that gets updated with all of these scientific and otaku terms um, that you can reference at any time if you're ever lost, and it's good about pointing out when you need to look those up. And so it's, it's, re- like it's a really smartly put-together visual novel. Like They sort of like... It, it, it seems like they kind of knew that like not everybody's going to be super into the science and not everybody's going to be super into the weird otaku culture stuff. So they kind of put that all in this nice little neat codex so that you never get lost. Um, 
And for like the first half of the game, it's just like wacky kids and their microwave time travel machine. And it's, you know, like we're doing these weird things to like change various things of people's past. And basically it works. You just like you send a text message to the phone that's strapped to the microwave and you can like change the message or, or send a message from the future to someone in the past. And, um, <laughs> Like that's it, it's it, and they go about explaining it in ways that make it plausible enough for the world, and that's that's cool and everything. Um, but uh, so yeah, like the first half of the game is like, yo, know, we got our science adventures, and then like at around the halfway point, <laughs> it takes a yeah. turn, it takes a real yeah, big old violent turn in the anime, it's literally like exactly halfway. Where it's, I think it's 24 episodes, and then, like, the cliffhanger of episode 12 is when the thing happens, and you're just like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Okay. It caught me just off like, guard, too, because it's not something I was expecting. I knew nothing about this yeah. game going in. So it was just like, oh, I, what the yeah. fuck just happened? And then, like, sad thing happens. And uh, then... Yeah. And then the, the entire... Then ba- a, yeah. A lot of sad things happen. Yeah, for a while. A lot of sad things happen for a while, or more specifically, one very sad thing keeps happening, and it's just like, man, stop Mm -hmm. being sad. And then, and then, and then you get past the point of the one sad thing happening, because the character himself kind of starts getting numb to this. Like he's literally kind of losing his mind. It's think of uh, Rika from Higurashi. That's exactly what I was going to say. Where a lot of time travel stuff is always about preventing some unescapable fate and either realizing that you can't do it or finding a way against all odds. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, go ahead. And and, and so, yeah, it kind of works on like the, the theory of convergence where it's just like, yeah, you can change this thing from happening once, but like if it's predetermined by the universe, then all points converge on this event that you keep trying to stop happening. So no matter, you know, think final destination in a way, whereas if like X character is going to die, then X character is going to die. Even if you prevent it today, like it's going to happen at some other point. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, they're an inevitability. So then you get to the back half of the story where a lot of really sad things happen because now that you've (laughs) fucked up the timeline real bad, uh, you gotta go undo all the things you did um, it, oh, it, man. To, to fix the timeline. And the thing is, is that the things you did to fix the timeline aren't sad things. You were doing them to, to help people. So now you have to go and sort of go back in time and start ripping things away from people. And, and oh my god, it hurt. Because the way the game works is that you do it all from an in-game phone. So you're the one that has to press the button to do the bad thing. Mm -hmm. And that shit always gets me, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it just fucking hurt every goddamn time I had to do it. (laughs) Oh, man. And and then there's, like, the true ending route to the game where things go even crazier like the plan gets even wilder. <laughs> um and it it was entirely satisfying. I loved it to bits. Uh I think that um 
I see that this game gets praised a lot for being, quote-unquote, one of the best VNs ever made, and I totally agree. I think it's yeah. absolutely fantastic. Uh, asterisk, oh. asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> and it's unfortunate that I have to asterisk, 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 uh. because I love this game a lot, but it handles some things in some not- real good ways uh, uh specifically in the the uh the, the department of how gender is handled uh and, um i'm gonna go ahead and kind of like spoil it a bit just because i kind of like just to kind of like so it's you understood there's a transgender character uh you meet this character early in the story and you find out that like yes you know like they are a trans character. They want to be female. And we're unfortunately mm -hmm. born male at birth. Um, and um, while still living as a quote-unquote guy, they dress girly. They have a high voice. You know, it's, it's kind mm -hmm. of like... It, it's a trope in anime, okay? Like, let's get that out of the way. That The trope, yeah. like, cute boy dresses as girl thing. It's a trope, and they play on it. And... The, the, the first thing that really gets to you about this character is that nobody else in the world kind of really gives a shit about it. Like, they're like, whatever. But the main character gets real, just neurotically uh. hung up about it. Like, to the uh. point to where there is an entire scene, and it's reproduced faithfully in the anime, so it happens the same, is where... You first introduced to this character, and it's the main character monologuing about them, and he ends every fucking dialogue box with the next line, but he's a guy. So, detail about the character, yeah. but he's a guy. Detail about the character, and then it starts going off into things completely unrelated to the character, like, the leaves are falling on the ground, but he's a guy. A car drove by us today, but he's a guy. And they just keep flashing back to the character in this really disgusting and gross way. Yeah. And, like, he's the only character that seems to be this fucking hung up about it. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Calm down. And, like, later in the story, he says specifically, I have no issues with homosexuals. It's like, okay, what? then what the, then what's the fucking leap of logic that you need to to like not have an issue with this character? So that character, uh -huh. through use of a time machine, they're able to grant this character's wish of becoming a girl. And when the timeline changes, oh. the character is a girl. And that's a really sweet story. Until the character decides that he, this main character decides that he needs to know for sure that uh, this is something he was able to change because nobody else can remember the events of him using a time machine except him. So, uh -oh. uh, needless to say, <laughs> there is a crotch grab that lingers far too long and Oof. it crossed the fucking line. Now, the character is rightfully called out on this, chastised, and, like, he's literally raked over the coals for it, but it doesn't excuse it, I don't think, uh, just because of how he had acted prior, you know, it's, it's not fun. So, but the, the even worse part about all of this is, like I said, you're correcting the timeline later because you fucked things up so bad mm -hmm. uh, that you have to take away what you did. Um, and Oof. that's real rough. 
that yeah, was that this was, was the part in the anime that just fucking killed me. I was like, no, this is this yeah. is too far. Like, and, and it's a visual novel, so you obviously have the choice of not making that choice, and then there's an ending for it. So you can, st- I mean, so you can still say in a timeline, this character did not have her identity basically stripped from her. But <sighs> you know, to get to the main portion of the story you have to do the thing and i felt really fucking awful uh it's just if you're a trans person that's a fucking nightmare um, yeah and that was not fun to set through it hurt a lot um so if i'm like if so you know i am going to say like hey if you like really hard sci-fi that is plausible is told well is for the most part full of great characters, interactions, great scenes, just top to bottom fantastic. You have to go in knowing that like if that kind of stuff bothers you, just know that the gender stuff is there and it's not easy to have to sit through just because of the, what the nature of the story dictates you have to do and just how gross they went with it and didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because even like, because even like, Don and Rampa one did some gross shit in the first game. It did so some like, rough started... shit, but I think that the way they approached it made sense for the story they were telling about a specific character. Yeah, it's uh, like you, you when you brought that up, I was like, okay, so this is whatever I was about to say. It's gonna hit harder than the gross shit in Don and Rampa one. So I was like, and then yeah, it sounds. Yeah, it is much worse. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's much worse. Yeah. Ooh. Like um, the thing in Danganronpa kind of always gets misinterpreted by people. Yeah. Yeah. Like that this is is much more. This is very this is very clear. Yeah, this is very clear transgender character. Yeah. Um whereas the thing in Danganronpa it, no. No. I don't exactly. I don't I don't buy that argument and people being outraged about that at all. Um, yeah, okay, I, li- yeah. I like this game a lot. Um, I know that it's problematic, and some people would probably be angry that, you know, I would endorse it knowing what's in there, but I feel it's just like, I think it's a good story. If you like this kind of thing, just know going in that you're, you're going to be dealing with uh, some rough shit if that's not what you want to be dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been having some gender stuff in the media I've been doing lately and I'm realizing just I'm pretty sensitive about that stuff lately so I yeah. really appreciate the kind of detailed warning there yeah yeah like I, I unfortunately I kind of feel like this character exists because it's someone's fetish yeah and that's unfortunate because I think that the character is actually pretty good uh, otherwise you know and um, I know that the character uh, appears extensively in Dong- or, or, or in uh, Steins Gate Zero as well, which I'm interested in, but it's also like a really weird thing where like, I know that it has much of the same cast from the first game, and it's kind of like uh, I haven't done a lot of reading, I just know that it sort of takes place in a timeline where when you go to get the true ending, you fuck up. And there's no way to change it, so now you have to change some other really big thing that you were warned about uh, in the first game. So, 
Uh, I'll be interested in checking out Steins Gate Zero too. I'm hoping that maybe none of that weird shit is in there, but knowing yeah. like the audience that they're targeting, I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's going to be something in there that will be problematic at some point, if not, you know, weird gender shit. Yeah. So that's 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 basically all I've been up to. John Thire. Heard you, yeah. have, heard you have another video game to talk about. Sure. Um, in the last couple weeks, um, two friends, in the same week, two friends Kickstarter games that they successfully kickstarted two years and one year ago, respectively, um, finished and released their games. Yep. On time, promptly. Imagine that. Because that's, ha- that's what happens when you follow like little indie people that have successfully finished a bunch of little games and they have a clearly defined project that they've already finished a demo for. They finished their shit. Yeah, weird, huh? Yeah. I can't believe you guys are calling out Shovel Knight like this for taking five years. (laughs) To finish their game, yeah. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) So it's, so yeah, Kickstarter works when you back, like, people that aren't, like, giant corporations trying to cash in on their one point of, like, relevance. Yeah. Um... Um, one of them was Imperishable Memories, which is a shmup by Jen Ray. Um, and I backed it because I thought it looked a lot... Li- it kind of reminded me a lot of Project N3. Just with... <laughs> I can see that. Little, okay. Yeah, like but Unity. So, like, pretty 3D backgrounds and these really cute, like, crayon-drawing enemies, basically. Yeah, not not mm-hmm. like Rhett's shitty-looking game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I just went, mm-hmm. No... <laughs> See, I said that because I know I knew John Thayer would be just go, "Mm -hmm," because he's not really paying attention when he is the one talking. So I know it's easy to slip that shit in there. Other people don't matter so much. It's 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 John time now. Um, (laughs) So um, I played a little bit of it, um, and I really enjoyed it right away. It's like eight stages um, with little interlude VN sections between them. So. That's kind of what she was known for before this, was doing, like, some VN-type things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played it on arcade mode instead of story mode. In story mode, you have infinite lives, and you respond right there, so you can just kind of get, enjoy the story. Um, and I think most of her audience came from the VN stuff, and I think most of them and the testers were playing it for that. Mm. So when I tried playing it on arcade mode, um, basically the thrust of it was there wasn't an obvious button for skipping dialogue in the when there's it's only like it would be like five to ten seconds twice in the in each stage Mm. of dialogue um i couldn't fast forward through it and then there'd be a about there's about five second loading times between stages um but the interludes are sort of their own stage and you can skip them once you're in them but then there's the five second loading time then i'd skip it and then another five second loading time oof so it, it made me think, like, this wasn't necessarily built... And I, I played it for, like, a couple hours on arcade mode, like, trying to get up to, like, stage four or so with um, the set where you have a set number of lives and you start from the beginning when you run out. Because mm. um, I, I just had one CC Gradius one, so I was feeling like hot shit. Um, <laughs> and why wouldn't you? And it wasn't really flowing the way I wanted it to because of those extra stops. Um, and I found out that there was a hidden button for fast-forwarding dialogue, so that's going to be... Um, I, I chatted with the dev um, and brought this up, and both the dialogue button's going to be mappable, and they're going to be 
they're going to let you just turn off the interludes um, from the menu, like from the regular start button menu uh, mid-game. So I will be able to, it'll be a lot more flowing, I think. That's good. After that initial patch. So I'm, I've kind of put that on hold while I wait for that, because that is kind of how I want to play the game right now, is in that arcadey mode, because I could being... just sit for an hour and finish it, but and it, and I don't want to just... chopped up like that just isn't conducive to a nice kinetic experience. Yeah, not when I'm trying to play it as an action game. So I think that's going to work. If if it didn't do that, then I would just probably play it on free play and enjoy the story. And I mean, this not... definitely does look and seem like a shmup made by somebody primarily who made the ends. So... I get that vibe. I like... I like the feel of it. I enjoyed trying to beat the levels without taking any damage. Mm. And it, again, made me think of, like, that project in 3 vibe of, like, trying to create patterns that are taxing, but without, like, going, like, whole hog toho, where you have to do yeah. program so much crap. Oh, God, yeah. Bullet patterns yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it makes me feel good because it makes me think I could make a shmup someday, <laughs> which is nice. I know. Uh, exactly. That's 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 what Project N three. Oh, and I did make I did make a smart. Yeah, but I'm sitting pro- here kind of indignant though because I'm like, Project N three three has interludes. What's wrong with interludes? But you have like, you have no load times and the skip buttons are immediately accessible. Yeah. So if I'm playing it really arcadey, then that's fine. I probably protested against putting the skip button in. You did actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, your game's your game's also harder. Like you, you when you die, you start at a checkpoint. So you uh, having infinite lives isn't it makes more sense. Whereas this just responds you right where you die. So uh, it's either doing it with the arcade mode where you have the long stretch of game, or it's the you just kind of play it for the story. Hmm. Um, so I don't really. It, it okay. was nice that there, that's getting patched and that it might fit my play style more, which is cool. I think. So I played a game. I played a bunch of a game called Luca. Luca, Born of a Dream. This is one I've had my eye on, but I just I'm not sure it jibes with the way my eyeballs work. Um, my main takeaway is that the gifs and the trailers are cut around the big money shot action moments where yeah. you're landing a bunch of big combos and it does all the big camera zoom ins and mm-hmm. screen shake. And that is not the majority of the play experience. Like, uh, I found it to be a lot more readable in game than it was in trailers and gifts because it's not built good. around the big moments. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So that's my that's my takeaway that I wanted to communicate to you is like when in game it makes a little more sense. I think I'm way more on board now. Cool. Um. And I did bring it up when I did bring it up to a dev that you communicated that to me. Like when you asked, I, I did talk to that and he said, yeah, we're working on these things That's to cool. address that. So I have two six word pitches for this game, basically. <laughs> okay. We're going to do the Twitter version of segments yeah. now, are we? <laughs> um, no, they're both. I'll elaborate plenty on oh, both, I know. but like one, one of them, oh, one of them is very basic and one of them slightly spoilery. I think it's necessary to get a little bit spoilery to sort of explain the appeal of Luca. There are some um, games you just have to. Yeah. So the first six-word pitch is that it's a really good action game. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a beat-em-up character action game. It's riffs on stuck games like Bayonetta, like Platinum Games, Devil May Cry, um, where you are 
you don't you hit enemies, but also you have a dodge button that gives invincibility frames. Um, Hitting and, you dodge and dodging? Just, Whoa! <laughs> it's um, got both! I know, right? And you have a light attack and a heavy attack. You have a super move if you hold the button, but that makes you vulnerable for a minute. Um, you have a charge. You have a um, familiar that follows you that lets you shoot a long-range attack. Um, you have a stamina meter, and the st- doing light and heavy attacks cost stamina meter. Um, and using a and using a, a familiar attack uses the charge meter. The charge meter, uh, the stamina meter refills on its own when you're not attacking, and the charge meter refills when you use melee attacks. So basically, you attack and use up your stamina, then you can kind of pull back a bit and attack with your familiar while your stamina is recharging, and then you go back into for melee. So it's that kind of dichotomy is built in such a way that you are um, changing, having to change your attack pattern in an interesting way while always being on the offensive. You're not just pulling back and you know holding up your shield and like dark souls and yeah. like, okay i gotta hold back for a second while my stamina recharges um and there's also a parry functionality where if you use a dodge and you dodge directly into the enemy's attack at just the right frame or set of frames <laughs> then it parries them and then you can they their attack is interrupted and you can attack them for a bunch of damage um, pe- that like really threw people off with uh Metal Gear Solid Revengeance's uh, uh, parry is that you had to go into the attack for the parry mm-hmm. to work. That always kind of Which, weirded people out. It did, and it th- even though it feels great in Revengeance once you actually learn how to do it, oh, yeah. which is hard because the game doesn't teach you how to do it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, some some people might beat the entire game without actually doing a real parry. <gasps> I've, heard, I've heard that could happen to people mm. like myself. <laughs> so, Luca... I can't speak to other. I can't speak to other people so much. Like my the way I played it is that I basically just try to parry into learn every single parry timing, because then you can beat enemies real quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of other ways to par- to play the game, but I like I basically put most of my points into attack, because you le- you can level up, um, and then I just oh, so basically mo- <laughs> you can level up. It's a modern video game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Interaction uh, game. <laughs> oh yeah. So you level, I leveled up and put most of my points into attack, so I was kind of a glass cannon, and I just tried to parry enemies every time, and if I didn't, then I'd fucking die. <laughs> All you can upgrade is strength. Strength! <laughs> I'm playing a strength, born of, colon, born of a dream. Um, and the game progresses, it's eight stages, and it gets real hard in a really satisfying way, and... I found it to be more fun and readable than the other character action games that I've played because the perspective is 2D, so I see everything around me. Yeah. Um, so I definitely like the action in this more than Nier Automata. I think I like it maybe a little bit more than Bayonetta. I mean, discounting Bay- um, Nier Automata's camera angle stuff. Like, that's immediately fascinating and gorgeous to me. Yeah, like um, I, I just, think that in a in an arena beating up someone, like I'm kind of enjoying Luca more. Yeah, that's understandable. Like I I don't think that Nier Automata's strong suit is its action necessarily. I no, think I don't that think... it's in what it's doing periphery to that. Yeah, and that's why I'm I kind of like I don't really understand character action games. They're really complicated. Yeah, I, I like games that, that are stupid are... and simple. 
I see. I think character action games are games that want you to think they're complicated, but they're really not. They're just they're just like Streets of Rage, but a little more intricate. Yeah, that's I don't fair. know. You look up some Devil May Cry three combos. And you it's look like, up oh, those. Okay, look up those combos, and let me tell you how many of them you need to beat the game. None of them. Oh, that's, that's the thing is that it's not about beating the game; it's about mastering the game. It's about that being is something... as cool as possible. I am yeah. so so done with quote unquote mastering games these days, though. Like, I just don't no, care. It, that's exactly what I was going to say. Where it's like I prefer something like Dark Souls, where. You can beat the whole game using like your heavy attack and dodging. Yep. Yeah. You did, you did and, a whole let's val- play of that. And the game validates that. Yeah. Just R two on the Spider. So that's kind of like that's kind of the thing with Luca is that I felt I was able to approach it with my dumb lizard brain, R type liking <laughs> moron head, and still enjoy myself because I could just try to parry everything and then die over and over. What's um, the uh, death penalty like? So, um. Not not too taxing uh, up front. Mm. Um, hmm. At the start, yeah, nothing nothing wrong at all. It's just this nice character action game, and if you die, you go back to your little bonfire, and you level up, and you get stronger, and then you go fight the boss, and then you beat the game, and it's great. And this and that's is where we looking. take a turn. So I have another I have another six word pitch for this game. Uh huh. It's a time loop timer game. Uh oh. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm on board with this. I'm on board with this because I I really like Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. It has a big old meter on the top right hand corner that starts at zero point zero zero percent. I wonder if it goes this was, up. This was directly inspired, game. wasn't it? I wonder if it's direct. Yeah, it's definitely it's directly inspired. There's a number of things that are transparently like directly inspired. Like they reference, there's a small little bayonetta reference too. There's a bunch of little things. It pulls I am, from. I am so on board games. with developers wearing their inspirations on their sleeves. By the way, yeah. I really love that shit. Yeah, this does that entirely. There's a, there's a, Luminiki thing where you walk out of a building where you're in a building. If you try to go through the top door, it, you, your character shakes their head, and then the only way out is to jump off the balcony to the south. <laughs> so, there's. <laughs> There's a bunch of little beats. Like there's an explicit Mulholland Drive reference. Um, it it wears all its references on its sleeve, and it has like it's um, not references, um, inspirations, and it has so many of them. Mm. Um, and they're all good. So it's not it's not oh we did Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. It's oh we did Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, Bayonetta, Howling Dogs, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Sonic Adventure. Oh no, Kingdom Hearts oh, got thrown boy. in. Well, That's I don't want this and game Sonic anymore. Sonic Adventure. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> it's, that it's was like a, a one-two punch that Polly mentally couldn't handle. No, it's not. It does. Those are just vibes I get. I think there's. A, I'm trying to think. Oh, there's a cow garden. That's what. That's why I said Sonic Adventure. Also, Big the Cat is in it. <laughs> oh, there's a cow garden. There's a cow garden. Yeah. So you, except you you, there's no There's Do no system there. Them? You just. You just go to your familiar garden, and you can pet each familiar on the head, and your character does a little nice smile, and a little hearts pop out. There's no systems. It's just that you can go to this place and pet your familiars. It's very nice. It may be set up for, like, a heart-rending moment later, but I haven't gotten there. Um, so, yeah, there's a little cow garden, and there's... <laughs> is it just, a cow garden? It literally does... Is it cow or chow? I don't know. 
I think that, like, I know it's based on Chaos Emeralds, but I think that they say Chow for the sake okay, of... Okay, I knew uh, whichever one I said, y'all would make fun of me, so I just <laughs> basically. Just threw, just threw a 50-50 mark and went with I it. Knew that, I knew there was one that would be the one you made y'all wouldn't, would think was silly, so Chow, <laughs> I would normally say Chow, I thought, I think. Um, <sighs> too so, many cows in this episode. <laughs> um, so what I happened was, I was actually... Near the end of the game, you get your dragon breath that lets you you use the move, and then you become super powerful and trivialize every fight. And then I was like, what is this? What what resource is this using? Why should I use this all the time? And then I look up to the top right, and I see that thing going 1%, 90, uh, 83%, 84%, 85%. Oh, shit! Oh, no! Oh, no! <laughs> Turn it off! Turn it off! Um... So I'm apparently one of the minority of players. So th that's near the end of the game. And then that's re and before then your timer goes up just a little bit and you, when you die you just gain a little bit of percentage mm -hmm. and it's not really in danger of hurting you. But once you get the the deep, the dragon breath like you're you're very you'll hit the timer pretty quickly if you're playing carelessly. And then whether you're you hit 100% or if you're like me and actually manage to beat the game um you get two. You get a different ending depending on which one, and then it goes into New Game Plus, uh -huh. and that's where the actual Lucas starts, because <laughs> your max level is actually very low. So I hit it like right before the end of the first loop. Mm -hmm. um, so suddenly you don't have anything to spend your currency on. Um, your timer is moving much faster. Um, all of your battles are now ranked, and if you do really well on the rank, it lowers your timer. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So, do good. Yeah, practice some Eric juggles. Get good. Um, doing well is... doing. Getting the S rank entails playing in, like, the most fun and aggressive ways. So the game is encouraging you to play in the most fun and stylish ways, and it lands that really well, I think. Right. It's. I actually care about the ranks way more than I ever did in a platinum game. Like I never cared about rank in Bayonetta, Devil May Cry, <laughs> any of those. Yeah, you'll need to in this one because you want to keep that meter down. Well, uh, I, I can't play it now. It's got Kingdom Hearts and Sonic <laughs> Adventure in it. <laughs> there's. I don't think know if there's any explicit Kingdom Hearts reference. That's just the vibe of like, oh, this is kind of like the very beginning and very end of Kingdom Hearts. So like the only good parts. Yeah, you said it's cool that they made a game that's just the good parts of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, there's so no... this must be a small game. No fucking... <laughs> <laughs> so, then you get an ability... You get uh, an ability called Revert, which lets you replay um, the different levels, basically. Right. And you get... you So you can... Once you get to a level with a certain meter, then you can restart that level with that meter as much as you want. So it's not very hardcore with the... D meter. It's not as hardcore as Dragon Quarter. It's not as hardcore as I don't know. Another I think one. Dragon Quarter yeah. is only bad if you're playing like a moron, John Thire. <laughs> yeah, like I did. Um, so a Dragon Quarter, like if you play at all smart, you you can win. Yeah. Um, with this game, because they give you the ability to replay different verses, it's really it can afford to push you a lot harder. Yeah. Like I beat the first verse with like eighty percent on New Game Plus, and then I was like, well. Got to do better, <laughs> Jesus. So I, I and I replayed it and did a lot better. And I got to like verse eight, 
um, last night with like a pretty good meter, um, and then I accidentally borked my save file. And then you did a dumb. I did a dumb. It was a, it was my mistake. I fucked up by fuck by playing a playing trying to load software with a full C drive. How does anybody How? have a full any yeah. drive these days? I have a sixty four gig SSD, 64? and it gets filled up sometimes. Bullshit. Dang, I'm man. sorry. <laughs> this was my fault, and nobody else is running the same error. It's not any. It's not a big deal. Yeah, that's it's such a specific thing that would probably happen in like every game if you loaded the save file and then the save file tried to get bigger. But oops, there's no space left. My thinking. I'm wondering how many other things I could break by doing that. So it's not the game's fault. And then I replayed most of the first loop today. <laughs> I'm like near the end. Jeez. So how long does that take? If because um, you know what you're doing now, so you're probably um, way better at the game. Is like a couple is like probably two to three hours I think now, and it would mm-hmm. be less because you're you're exploring and finding items. The items you find carry over, and the level ups carry over between right. loops, which means that once you're in New Game Plus, you're not collecting any new items. You're not collect. You're not leveling up, uh-huh. and all the enemies are way harder. <laughs> so basically, like all the souls. All the level up, all the action RPG AAA stuff is in the first loop while you're learning the game. And then once it's a new game plus, it's just you got to get better. So the real Luca starts there. The real Luca starts in new game plus once the timer starts mattering. You already said that joke. I know. I I made it on Twitter too. (laughs) But it's... So the the whole first loop is just an extended prelude to... um, Is an extended tutorial to to... now you know how to play Luca, the very good, very, very hard action game. Um, I'm assuming like, there's some kind of true ending behind New Game Plus. Yep. There's a That's big true end. What and I thought. I saw the name. John of the, doesn't know because you lost your save know. file. I wanted to. I really wanted to get to it because I'm. All it has to do is just fulfill some of the. The narrative um, is really good to me. It's very vague. Which mm-hmm. I can see putting some of y'all off. That's yeah, not really my thing. Yeah, I but mean, Dark Souls is vague. So well, there's a certain way that you can, can be work. vague that gets on my nerves that I ha- I yeah, can't I know, stand. It, Hello, okay. Hyperlight Drifter. Oh, it's well, so much fucking better than Hyperlight Drifter. Um, that's John. Okay, here's here's a way of saying: Do you think it's good or not? Uh, do you suspect that the character has been dead the whole game? <laughs> I think it's pretty upfront about that. I mean, they're like angels, I think. Oh. Either they're oh. all angels or it's all a dream. I'm not sure. Oh. Um, that was not I the mean, answer. I mean, it, it, it says on the Steam text that oh. it's all a dream. So I'm not sure yet. Um, <laughs> on the Steam store. So, um, so it's an indie game. It doesn't... It feels like a... It, it was explicitly inspired... You remember Howling Dogs and With Those We Love Alive, the Porpentine Twine games? I put on my game of the year list last year it feels a lot oh, like of, the... cor- of course i remember them john okay <laughs> it doesn't like there's bullshit shitty indie game vague <laughs> like hyper light drifter or limbo and then there's like the actual good shit that nobody talks about like the stuff that's going on in the twine scene and whatnot can i put, this game also can I put has... shitty and vague uh, uh can i put uh we know the devil in there too uh, yeah, I think that's sort of in the middle. I kind of like We Know the Devil, but I like Howling Dogs more, I think. I think the ones I'm talking... I like it more than We Know the Devil. Um, 
But uh, that you don't really like We Know the Devil does make me think maybe it could rub you the wrong way is part of what I'm thinking. Gotcha. But it's a lot punchier, I think, than We Know the Devil. Like, when it has these moments that you don't you don't have the full context for the moments, but they hit you really hard anyway. Like, it wants to lean into its emotional beats. It's just that it is comfortable... Be- um, I think an important piece of context for this also is that every level is named after a ver- is called a verse. Uh, no, every level is called a track, and then each individual encounter is called a verse. And it literally is on itch.io is labeled hyperviolence mixtape. So I think it really just kind of wants you to consider it like an album, where it's I not. I get that. It's just sometimes I, think, I like, sometimes I think that like a lot of things use obfuscation to mask the fact that they don't really know what they're writing. Yeah, I think that's fair. But also it's the Sacrament the once you get into the new game plus it starts interspersing these like 30 minute twine games <laughs> just in the middle of this amazing action game and oh, they're wow. really good. Like Sacrament 1 and 4 were pre, were put out pre-release and there's five others sprinkled right. throughout the game hidden for the most part. And, like, Sacrament 1 was, like, one of my favorite games last year. And it's just in this game. What this game of the year has one of last year's game of the years in it. <laughs> um, and so those, it's a game of the generation. Hit. So those hit, yeah, basically. Those those hit really hard. When it does just do, sto- do straight storytelling, it hits so hard. And for the most part, it just has that as, like, little bits of periphery around the really good action game. So it's not, like... Until until it gets to the Twine games, it is not, like, pushing your face in it. And it's just kind of letting you enjoy this, enjoy the action game and the vibe of it, which is really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, like, I know it's a good action game for all the reasons I said. I can't say, like, concretely that I love the story yet because I haven't finished it. So what I need to do is... I really wanted to do that this morning, but I couldn't. Um, so what I'm going to basically do is, does it fulfill its little promises that it's made in the true end? I really hope that it makes me cry a lot. <laughs> that's that's generally what I go to in most games, hoping for. Yeah. So if it, if it makes me cry a lot, then it's game of the generation. If, it's yeah. not, if it doesn't, then it's game of the year. Sound good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's... What like, if the ending and, really sucks? It's really hard to imagine that happening because the both I've seen both the normal end and the um the bad end when your meter fills up and the bad end is devastating. It's so rough and it feels so good. Um, what if you get to the end of the true ending or the new game plus and it's just the normal ending again, like you actually did the first time? Um, they in the thing where you can revert to the previous verses to try them to the previous tracks to try them again it shows the an extra verse after okay. the one that you finish so i can see it and it's named after a song i really like <laughs> come Sir todd nope nope oh my god it's gonna be really good i'm really <laughs> excited i'm probably gonna play the rest of the first loop and finish the rest of the loop by like tomorrow <laughs> i like this game a lot I think it is probably, like, again, if it just fulfills its little promises, I'll definitely like it as much as Hollow Knight. Um, 
This That's is some kind of, high praise, John. Yeah, it is. It's a really good video game, and I need some other people to play it because I'm friends with the developer, so I have this pink haze around it, and right. I'm trying to, and I need to see through, I need to know if, I need to get some other people talking about it so I can start parsing its existence apart from that. Mm. I guess. I just really like it. <laughs> <sighs> so is that Luca? But, that's Luca. Born of colon, born of a dream. All right, Luca, oh, born of a colon. Gotcha. <laughs> it's also pretty queer, which is cool. It's right. it's given me some stuff to think about, which is nice. Gotcha. Right, that's it. Gotcha. That's uh, Luca, born in a colon. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Ollie loves games with colon subtitle. Yeah, I do totally, especially when they use blank of blank. My favorite thing. Yep. I kind of, it was just oh, yeah. time, and I kind of preferred that, but, you know, I figured that was a marketer. marketer it's Luca, maybe. Relic of Stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hunter it's on Steam and it's It's on Steam, which means yeah, it's, it's a real video game. Yeah, like, yeah. There you go. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I bought it on Itch, and then it turns out I can't leave a review that counts because I bought uh, it on Itch. Which is great. Yeah. But I gave it more money, so that's nice. <laughs> I know why Steam does that because of the one dollar yeah. shovelware shit, but yeah, that's actually really dumb though when you legitimately yeah, especially when it's when like twenty, it was a twenty thousand dollar Kickstarter and most of those people got keys and now they can't. Oh leave fucking god! Yeah. yeah, it's a Steam real bad decision. Really stupid. Yeah, Steam but that's Steam. We've everyone. come to expect nothing but stupid decisions from them. I mean, you can leave a review; it just doesn't count towards the average. Which, like, okay, whatever. I mean that matters a lot when you're trying to when you're a tiny ass dev and it doesn't even yeah. have an average yet oh true it has one now I think <laughs> it took a while to get there I like this game a lot okay I'm content alright uh Rhett hey I heard that you're the main event we couldn't <laughs> so st- put- we couldn't start because you're the showstopper okay so so I'm gonna talk about two more VR games uh huh these are my favorite two. Uh, the first one is kind of the game that pushed me over the edge into buying the thing to begin with. That is Super Hot VR. Yeah. So, you've uh, John, have you played Super Hot? Do you know what that is? The original. Yes, game? I do. It's very good. It's very finished. good. I haven't played much of it though, but I want to. So, they made a dang VR version, and it's nuts because. <laughs> Time only moves when you move, but now it's literally you physically moving to advance <laughs> time. And it's even, Ooh. like, it's granular, so that if you swing your arm really fast, time will start going, like, full speed. But if you slowly swing your arm, stuff is still going pretty slow. Like, it's it's really cool <sighs> like that. So, like, you can see a bu- an enemy will shoot at you, you'll see the bullet coming down, and you can just kind of slowly move your head down out of the way and then be cream to the side. So... The reason this game is so cool is because everything else has been like a sitting or standing experience. Where Super Hot is just, it still is designed for you to be able to stay in the same spot the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But it, it is like so implicitly like, hey, you're going to have to move your body around to get the most out of this. Because there's just sequences where like, there are three dudes in front of you with shotguns and they all fire. So you just 
have to find the the safe spot and just physically duck under and get down there on the ground to not get shot to death and stuff. And like, there will be parts where like a dude is running at you with a gun, and boy, if you could just take a step forward, put your head down so you're like under his gun, and then reach up, grab the gun out of his hand, turn around, turn it around, and shoot him. And it's like it's just. It's immersive in a way nothing else has been, and it's really it's a really shame that this game is even shorter than the original Super Hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's incredibly short. It's like fourteen levels, and if you're good, you can beat it in like I mean, the real speedrunners are doing it in like ten minutes, but like I'd say like forty minutes to an hour is like uh-huh. a comfortable speedrun after you've. So I've beaten it twice, and I'll probably I did like the first half again later because I couldn't stop thinking about this game because like more so than anything else, it's like oh, this is the future. This is why, like, full-body stuff will matter. Because just... And it's weird, because the game is only actually tracking your hands and your head. Yeah. But the way it, the way it gets you to move, and, like, you'll see a bullet, and you just want to move your hip out of the way so that it doesn't hit you, like, where you perceive yourself to be. Like, it gets you to move in weird ways. And, it's, like, there's it's, levels... It's interpreting your movements very in a very smart way. Yeah. Whatever they're doing with the hitbox feels perfect. Cool. And then there's levels where, like, they will put, like, you'll just start the level and there's a wall directly in front of you. So you have to, like, either look to the left or look to the right in order to see what the heck you're shooting at. And, like, there's one level where, like, you're in an elevator and the door opens, like, two inches and you can see out there and see the guys out there and you're kind of sticking your hand out to shoot them. (laughs) And, like, it just feels wild. And, like, a few of the later levels you'll basically be standing behind a crate for cover and the game just is like, Hey, why don't you just crouch down behind that cover? So you don't die. So like you're crouching, you're lifting your arm up to do blind fire. And like the other thing, like a lot of the shooting games I've played so far, I skipped a couple cause that bit was taking forever. will always have a target. So you know exactly where you're shooting at. Super hot. Doesn't you just have to manually aim and hope for the best. Nice. And especially it's especially can be hard because you shoot, and if you stop moving, then the bullet stops, and you're like, well, I don't actually know if that is going to hit or not. Yeah. And then you, and then you have to deal with the enemy may move, and the bullet will not be where they were a second ago, because the enemies are running. So, like, it's really hard at the start, and then you just kind of get a feel for, like, if an enemy's moving, like, where you want to shoot to for the bullet to be where they're going to be in a second and yeah. stuff. And, like, the shotgun feels really good, because it just carton fire basically like you won't miss with that um there's also there's also the uzi which you know fires like five shots really quickly which can be dangerous because then time is moving so you can leave yourself wide open by accident that you fuck yourself real quick with that there's one level at the very start where like there's an enemy there's two enemies to your left two enemies to your right and two guns directly in front of you and there's an achievement for shooting an enemy without looking at them (laughs) So you can just (laughs) lean forward, grab the guns, put your arms out to your side, and shoot them all without actually looking. That feels so awesome. Really cool. And then when you're replaying it, I'm doing stuff like crossing my arms to shoot with each. Oh my god! I bet you look like the biggest fucking dork. Oh, but you feel so. This is like the power chip, like unlike any other game. And then there's also (laughs) melee weapons, which aren't quite as good. So the. The biggest thing, the biggest drawback, and the devs have admitted it's like the weakest element of the game is throwing items. Because mm. you, you can't actually throw your controller. No, that would, that would be, be bad. That would be real bad. Yeah. 
So, it, you know, you've got to kind of hit a button to indicate you want to throw, make a quick motion with your hand and let go of the button during that. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it works, but aiming is a nightmare when you're, you know, quickly swinging the controller and it has to interpret it where you think you want to throw it. Yeah. And it doesn't really seem to have any good auto-aim, which maybe they could have been a little gener- more generous yeah, with that. Yeah, I think with games like that, you kind of need to have something like a little bit of auto-aim to help smooth yeah. things out. So, so throwing items works, and I got a lot better at it after playing the game through a couple times, but like, there's one level where you just start with like eight ninja stars next to you and three guys, mm-hmm. and I have had times where I just miss every single one. It's like, well, okay... Fuck me, then. I mean, that that's one of the other drawbacks, is sometimes you'll just run out of ammo or throwable items, and it's just like, well... What do I, I do? Just, yeah, you, you can't do anything, so just they might as well just have a button to start over. Yeah. Because it's just like, okay, put your arms up, just let them shoot you. Basically. Yeah, like, have something that can actually read you putting your hands up and surrendering. <laughs> that, that'd be funny, actually. The other thing is that because the PlayStation VR is looking at your head via the camera, and the, I haven't had this issue much, but you know if you put your arms up and fr- and block that, oh, yeah, the, sometimes you get a bit swimmy where it's like forgetting where you are. Yeah. So, but that hasn't been a huge issue. But and then there are there are times where like there's an enemy on a balcony above you and you're just reaching up like trying to shoot them, and it's really cool. And then there's a few there's a few goofy moments. But they like playing with the VR where there's one part where it says, look down. And you look down and you're standing on the edge of a building. And then as soon as it sees that you're actually looking all the way down, you fall. Nice. <laughs> and mm. then, so there's a lot less of the meta stuff in this one, which is kind of surprising considering the original Superhot was about VR controlling yeah, you, basically. that's the real funny thing about this being in VR. So the one really dumb, silly thing they do is that between levels, you go to this hub, which is like kind of a generic, like, slacker, 80s lounge, you know, with the computer set up and stuff. So you put in a floppy disk and it says, put on your VR helmet. And you look up and there's a gigantic VR helmet. Oh, my you have to, God. You have to physically reach <laughs> up and grab it and put it on your head. Double the VR. Way, yeah, it's super surreal, like putting on the second VR helmet and having its viewpoint slide in front of your eyes. Oh, that's And then kind so... of fade to white and the level loads in and it's it's really weird. <laughs> it's also weird though because it ha- cause it like to me it like my mental impression is that it's made out of like styrofoam because it has no weight, but you you reach up and pull it down but it has no weight, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, that game's really rad, but it's it's very short, so you're gonna have to replay it a few times to get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. There's one level where like you're in a kitchen, and there's a big front, there's a bunch of frying pans to your left. Excellent. <laughs> so my tactic on that level was always grab a frying pan and just hold it up next to my head because there's an enemy over there. Yeah. So he'll just shoot. He'll dump an Uzi shot into the enemy. frying pan yeah. while I'm dealing with three enemies in front of me, and then. After they're gone, like I can look to my left and see him hitting the frying pan and just whack him with it. <laughs> so I kind of wish they'd done a little more shield-based stuff like that because that's it's like literally the only time where you really. The other th- you can block weapon or you can block bullets with any weapon you have, or you can even shoot them out of the air. But 
like the frying pan just makes the most natural shield. They don't really ever lean into it. Yeah. But again, that game is it's really cool and yeah. like it feels like definitely on a different level from everything else I've played because of how physical you have to get. Like I there's an achievement for beating the entire game in one go, which I got and I was sweating by the end. <laughs> Because it's like, okay, I've got like two levels left. I am, I am kind of hot and sweaty right now. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know, like it's gets really difficult and intense towards the end. And I'm like, I'm down on the ground, like crouching, like doing blind fire. Like, okay, I'm pretty close to the end here. <laughs> like, it's it's a really cool game. Mm. I just wish there was a little more of it. Are there any other games that make you all hot and sweaty when you play them? Uh, <laughs> this is it, folks. What? It's just a, an innocent question I was asking. Okay, so I, I have found that I am irredeemable trash because <laughs> oh I, bought a play, I bought a PlayStation oh VR for games like Wipeout and Resident Evil 7, Super Hot. That's what oh, he says when he's forward-facing to the crowd. When he's I talking that to is me, 100% however. 100% the truth. Yeah, I fucking bet. So, after having it for about six hours, Got and playing YouTube that day... up, ready to search whatever it is you're about to say. <laughs> so, after having the game on, after having the thing for about six hours, and playing that dang and Rampa demo, and standing next to my wifey, Kirigiri, I was like, man, <laughs> I bet porn would be crazy on this thing. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, I know I'm not on the PC. What do we got here? <laughs> so I look on YouTube and I find like, I'm Googling like 360 degree videos and you find some video of like Toho girls dancing in swimsuits uh-huh. and it's in 3D. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of neat. So, <laughs> How many times to that? Oh, zero. Come on. Zero? Really? Zero. You're being honest here. <laughs> zero. Zero. Don't care, Polly. So okay, so time. then, so then, cue to a few hours on a website called like VR Porn or something, <laughs> where it's all garbage. It's all unwatchable garbage. And the main problem is that either stuff is designed not designed for two eyes, which means it's not in three D, or when it is, it's the resolution is so awful that uh, yeah. You, it's nothing. And then, you know, people are using, like, bad character models and stuff. It's like, okay, this is this is not doing anything. The fact that this random YouTube video was the best thing so far was, like, was kind of embarrassing for all these people, like, putting way too much effort into making VR porn. <laughs> <laughs> but then... Uh, and then somehow, through all that, though, somehow. I became aware of a certain game that does have a VR mode. Huh? And I and I thought, well, I'm already in like 350 bucks on this hardware. Uh-huh. I have to know. Uh-huh. So I went on Hong Kong <laughs> PlayStation Network uh-huh. and spent like eighty dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> he can't even talk about it. <laughs> he can't, he can't. 
Have you heard of Dead or Alive, the fighting game? I remember Dead or Alive, the fighting game, Rhett. They made a, a, they made a volleyball game a while ago. <laughs> yeah, did they? Uh, and then they made a third one, Dead or Alive Extreme 3. <laughs> they said, we're not even about volleyball now, we're just about being extreme. Yeah. That game has a VR mode. <laughs> With lots of YouTube comment content for this. <laughs> it's so, really good. What? <laughs> it was worth every penny. Oh my goodness. Okay. John, so did you actually Google what I said? I'm looking at it right now. Oh no. So, uh, Rhett, uh-huh. how, how, how good's DOAX 3? I mean, the yeah. game itself is fucking irredeemable trash. Well, I mean, you are too at this point. <laughs> but we need new ones. God, he's just getting right up in there, huh? <laughs> oh, Jesus, you're looking up a VR video, huh? Yup. Yeah, the game doesn't <laughs> give a shit. It lets you get all up in there. Does uh, DOAX3 let you get all up in there? Yes. There's no nudity, but you get all up in there. Oh, there's... So... (laughs) Elaborate. I don't even know how to elaborate. Do I need to figure out the rest? Do you want me to start reading DMs for you? No. Okay, I (laughs) I won't go that far. Well... I mean, the the truly awful and exploit and shitty part about this is that there's the game and then there's the VR mode, and they are separate. You can't actually play the game or unlock anything in the VR mode. The VR mode is 100% like play, loading your save file and just viewing stuff well, that you've already unlocked. Brett, you can't play a game and jack off at the same time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could put this game. It's, ve- it's a very simple game. It basically just looks like you can just pose them and put them into animate, make them do animations and dress them up. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. And they've oh, got goodness. They've that got very. <laughs> most, most of them have extremely large breasts. I'm getting a little, getting a little excited here. All right. <laughs> John is I like, I should, I should pull this off until. <laughs> John podcast. is like, I like what I see, actually. <laughs> see? Jet Stormin. So I'm not laughing. I'm not what? laughing because Rhett paid $80 for porn. I'm not uh-huh. laughing because of that. Okay. I'm laughing because it's fucking BOA and it's they're gross. Uh, you know, I was never into them. And I'm still kind Until of VR. Until they were suddenly but, the only like, game in the Until you were jacking off to them five times a day. <laughs> that is an actual you, rest you... fact, by the way. I have the DM in <laughs> okay, my inbox. Okay, okay. <laughs> Again, VR I yeah, I just, I need to chill my is crazy. Inner... So... <laughs> I had to know what it would be like, and it's crazy when, like, like the game assumes you're sitting, so you you load them up, and you stand up, and you're just standing next to a full-sized person. 
and it's just kind of That's, crazy. Yeah, full size. And like, and more than one, in more ways than full one. Size. Oh yeah, they're Speaking very of full size. <laughs> yeah. Frank says eighty dollars for softcore porn. Frank, this is the future. This is the, this is what made me go. Holy cow! VR porn is gonna destroy the world, basically. <laughs> I think there's again, a Dober strip there. Just everyone <laughs> continue. Cause like Yeah, this game is bad. Like, the only thing good about it are the character models, which Polly will even fight against. But like I'll... the fact that this incredibly bare bones, like really in bare. The VR mode, real bare. But like everything in the VR mode is just like sl- kind of sloppily ported over from the main game, where like these cutscenes that weren't designed for it are in there. These poses, this—it's a pose modeler basically. Yeah. And like and like a hu- way too many different swimsuits that take like literally a thousand hours to unlock them all. The, like no unique content for the VR mode. No ability to even like move. You just have like preset locations you can view from. The fact that this bare bones, lazy VR mode is so incredibly fucking good. <laughs> Makes me think, oh my god, what's going to happen when somebody actually, like, puts a little effort into this? <laughs> and especially because this game, for the most part, I actually think is pretty tame. Because, it's like yeah. they said, it's it's swimsuits and gir- poses. Like, there's very... Li- I will, won't say this game is, like, 100% like pure, and, but, like, because there's a little bit of, you know, kind of kinky stuff with, like... Yeah, there's a little bit with, like, some pole dances and some of the later outfits get are basically, like, nipple pasties, basically. But there's no nudity. There's no explicit, like, sexuality. It's just, hey, girls in swimsuits. And it's still really good. (laughs) It's five times a day good. (laughs) There's a specific search term. I, I can't put a name to right now that I'm trying to find for my history so that I can search for VR versions. Continue. Okay. I don't know what else to continue about unless Polly has more questions. I mean, the the only thing I, I really get from this is just that, like, okay, they're, you know, full-scale models that match what, you know, human proportions to some, uh-huh. degree, to some degree here. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, would be as in a believable height between where you are, where your camera is at, and them. Like yeah, the the you know kind of just like the overall actual thickness of body parts. Like not not <laughs> uh-huh. in not in a gross way, but just yeah. like yo, that's like a believable arm. That's a believable thigh. Yeah. You know things like yeah. that. Like I get that. It's mm-hmm. like look. I just, I just don't think the dead or alive girls are at all attractive. I know. Imagine if somebody makes a g- game with girls who are attractive. Exactly. You know. Then hey, throw me in the trash bin. Let's go. <laughs> Five times a day. <laughs> That's the word. Okay. Continue. What was the word? Um. No, I don't see any VR. Okay. Okay. I mean, I I guess everyone should be trash. Like, I was just looking for Riona stuff. Okay. 
I, I again, I don't know where else to continue. <laughs> Listening yep. says, "Where's the dank and rump of VR porn at?" It's out there. Don't I'm worry. I'm so happy. I'm so happy for when my when my deaf friends are going to listen to the podcast so they can hear my things about Luca, <laughs> and then go continue. Or or worse, the Airfell dev is going to hear like, "Oh, it's in the latest Soxcast episode," and he clicks it in. I'm like, "What is this? Oh, let me click around." <laughs> That's the reason we did this last. Yep. Yeah, this was that, the, the this was the one that, like you don't open the show with this. This is the goal. Yeah, when, future employers aren't going to see this. To anyone's names attached to this, and then be like, "Oh, oh they'll listen." Fuck. Nobody's going to listen to more than going to listen past that first. Yeah. You know, couple minutes. Going to listen for three hours, so we're safe. <laughs> yeah. We can say whatever we want here. Yep. Yeah. Be as racist as you want. Oh, that was the plan. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but yeah, girls like... suits and cold dead eyes. <laughs> Where's the dog and Rampa VR porn at? I mean, she, he said that there was an execution scene in the... Oh, my God. Oh my God. In VR. Honestly, that actually does remind me, probably the most interesting thing in Dead or Alive VR is that when you're in the pose viewer, they actually will turn and look at you once in a while. And like, yeah. No, having them make eye contact actually is the most interesting part. Like, because it feels <laughs> real. Even yeah. as there's... Standing there, she's watching you. Dead dolls will sometimes. That's totally like, the part that I like the most. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're. Oh, my doll, you're you're maybe you're real. <laughs> oh, my it's God. super it's weird. A... Like juxtaposing that though with them like saying the same like four phrases in Japanese oh, God. over and over and That's, over. That like that just breaks the whole illusion there. <laughs> who can, who can gonna, get hard if there aren't more voice clips? Hey, Red, are there any maid outfits? Uh. You gonna wear know. a maid outfit to a beach? I mean, there are some clothing also, outfits, I, but. When I was going around, the first thing I saw was a pole dancing thing, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what people. Beach, yeah. That's like the end game that people rush towards, basically. Grand. Then, it's. Like, you know, Polly was listening to me grind for, like, three weeks to get to that and then I got it and was like yeah okay. he, would, he would call me up pull his dick out and I would know he had the VR helmet on and I could just hear him grinding away I don't know how he has a pecker at this point <laughs> grinded it off he just grinded VR it right grind. the fuck off the thing is this you have to play the game in non-VR to get anything mm-hmm. and it's such this game is excruciatingly fucking slow to the point where they it's run events now that are like oh, 7x experience for so-and-so, or, like, 3x experience for all the girls, and it's like, oh, my God. If I'm on, like, permanent three times experience, what the hell is the normal game like? Which is really, really excruciatingly slow. So, like... It's just, like, old Newgrounds games that make you, like, throw darts at a thing to find even, get to the point. Like, I've seen people quote a thousand hours to unlock everything in this, because of how dumb some of the systems are. We're, like, certain girls can buy certain outfits and then you have to gift them to each other and the gift accept rate is like 20%. It's like, you're doing shit like saving and then backing your save file up to a USB and then loading the game, sending a gift, having like a 10% chance of them accepting it, back out, re-download your backed up save. Oh my god! How many hours have you been doing this? I don't know, probably only like 40. Red only 100, but... Wait, did you say 40? There's no way it's only 40. If okay. you've been uh, like... Okay, I'm not talking will... in-game timer time. I'm talking... How much time have you dedicated to this process? 
I mean, if we had done a if we had done the podcast like three weeks ago, I would have had like a solid two weeks of this and nothing else. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, hey, you got your eighty dollars worth. I, I mean, sure did. In some it's not way, why I bought the PlayStation VR, but it's why it became worth it. Oh my! <laughs> Is there any better summation of that entire fucking VR experience? Right there. I'm gonna play Resident Evil Seven eventually. Mm-hmm. But you're and ringing endorsement at this mode. point. Your ringing endorsement at this point is dead Look, or alive. Is dead or alive, it's and it's hot. what convinced you that this was worth it. No, super hot convinced me it was worth it before buying. You did it. just say that this is what. Yeah, you, you just said this is what convinced you. That was after the fact of like, well, I don't know. You oh. know, it's possible to hook up a PSVR to your PC. It is. Yeah. And there's way more porn stuff on PC. Oh, I believe it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes sense that you wouldn't have access to that. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are we fucking done here? Never. What do you want me to say? You knew this bit was coming for like a month. <laughs> I've been listening to this fucker talk about this goddamn game for a month. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had no one else I could confide in. <laughs> you could have confided in me. It was too good to let it out of the bag, though. It was too good oh. for anybody else to know. This was so good, Rad. Thank you for this. Thank you for the gift of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm a fucking circus clown. <laughs> it's okay. We've all been there. Yeah, I mean, John's had Saga. I'm the sure. Gift I, of I, I'm sure my boyfriend. I had boyfriend to death. Like when we got really horny on the podcast. I think that we've all been various types of horny on this podcast, and it's probably yeah. been real gross for the listener, but it amuses <laughs> us to no end. Yeah. So it works out. Everyone's still here. <laughs> Yep. I can't see I think, the numbers. I, I don't know if anyone's still Actually, here. the one person I was watching to see if it was here is Chelsea, and I don't think and she is. she's been she had... dead silent. <laughs> she hasn't said anything. You've done she's it She's just now, sitting Rhett. there just, like, stunned. Brett's going to go back to Twitter. She's going to have dropped out of that group chat. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> now was it worth it? No. No, that wouldn't be worth it. That wouldn't be worth it. He's literally oh. rushing to Twitter right now. <laughs> gotta check. Tom says you gotta be horny sometimes. Exactly. You gotta be horny sometimes. It's just like I want to be the guy. You gotta be horny sometimes. Poncho talked about honey pops, so that's good. That's it. <laughs> there you honeys. go. You know, it's not... That's hun- true. Like, you didn't, you didn't do the Gamer Gator <laughs> to be our game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so... <laughs> Life is good. Uh, I love like, I, yeah, like I, I told you, we had we 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 were ending on a real good note, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Oh God, I'm looking at how many people are in chat right now and just dying. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought after like a three and a half hour, it would be like there's five people left in here at tops. No, Chelsea's not in here, which is amazing. 
she's gonna be listening to this on a, hey, on her uh, commute. No. And it's over. That's, that's what's even crazier. You're gonna put I'm her just in a get ditch. A text on Tuesday, like, what the fuck, dude? No, you're <laughs> you're gonna put her in a ditch. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Life is good. I love y'all. <sighs> it's okay, Rhett. We still love you. Everybody in chat, yeah. everybody, if everybody, yo, everybody in chat, if you love Rhett, give me a one right now. Come on. Aww. Let's go. I love Rhett. Boom. Oh, you, you're the only one. <laughs> no, no it can't just be you two. It's <laughs> <laughs> a delay. Thank a delay. you. There we okay. go. Look at See? Jesus Christ. People still love you, Rhett. It's okay to be horny. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Poor people. To- okay to play with your penis you can do that it's yours you're allowed with the helmet on with your helmet on <laughs> yeah with the that's VR the helmet. future Rhett. you're like an astronaut project is a point five <laughs> <laughs> what i just saw your retweet <laughs> life is good all right so with that are we done here we're done. We're done. Red is real done, but he's going to be even more done later because there's still hours left in the day and he's still got a VR helmet. I've calmed down on this thing, okay? <laughs> Until the next Dead or Alive game comes out. Yeah. So Man. there's one on PC now that like doubles down to run microtransactions. So people are like done with the series past because they yeah. realize the VR thing is the only thing that made it worthwhile. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I also think that if they do, you know, Nep Beach Volleyball <laughs> VR. God. Well, there is a Nep game in VR, and I'm like, hmm. You could have Big Nep in your room. Mm. Boy, do I not want to play a weird version of that game again. Man, for like yeah, I know. They, went two minute fuck, they fucked up the entire battle system and everything. Wait, which one is that? Mega they made Dimension. a remake of... Meganep called Meganep V I I R because it's got VR in it now. Yeah, and and, and like, like basically between certain scenes, there are um, uh, scenes where that that are exclusively they are the only parts of the game that are in VR as well, where you put the helmet on and the goddess will like come into your room and kind of just like be playing around in your room. Like there's like games and stuff hanging out in the environment and she like pick them up and comment on them or talk to you or ask you questions. You know, it's, it's really yeah. silly. It's very nice. I really <laughs> like this. I really like this facet of the, of the thing. Jesus. What was that? Wasn't that, what was that video that got passed around Twitter a while ago? Where's like a girl walking into a room in VR and his hands are just like flailing around in the VR. <laughs> And then she, like, shuts him out of the room on accident. He's like, no, no! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, man. So we're going to go ahead ahead and wind things down, (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) Because I don't think we get better from here. (laughs) Oh, never. (laughs) Never. Oh, my God. This podcast will never peak in the same way that it has. Ever again. John Pyre, where can everybody in internet land find you? Um, farawaytimes.itch.io Rhett! Besides you're in your VR helmet, in your chair, <laughs> with your dick in your hand, where <laughs> can everybody... 
in internet land find you. I'm hiding from now on. I'm done. <laughs> He's uh, at Rhett on Twitter. Oh, Jesus. N3.tumblr.com. <laughs> you can go play all of his games that are not porn games. And uh, you can find me on my dumb website. I recently just finished work on Poly Dungeon, and we're just waiting on a couple of tunes <gasps> to get finished. So uh, hopefully that will be out soon. Uh, we just got to wait for those last couple of tunes t- to uh, get in. Uh, remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. <laughs> <laughs>